0: Order, order. This session of the Council of Bills has now come to order. I am your host, Billy Blinks. Thank you all very much for being here. The first order of business today is a crucial decision that will have ramifications throughout the multiverse. Deciding a theme song for the podcast. The floor is now open to suggestions. Billy Bass, you have the floor it got to be rockin', man. It's got to be like a bitchin' glam metal theme song.
1: Do you really want to want to listen to my podcast?
0: You probably don't. Yeah, no, we're not here to just rip off a peacemaker. Billy Franchise, you now have the floor. Listen, Blinks, if we're going to do an introduction, you need to imagine the opening of your podcast as the beginning of an epic, epic film where we're over a soaring vista Where a wide-winged eagle is soaring gloriously. And then a pterodactyl takes it out. Yeah, no, we can't afford John Williams. It's okay, we're not going to get discouraged here. Alright, up next, uh, Billy Talk. You have the floor. Let's hear what you have to say. It should be
2: something trendy and viral. Then you know you've hit the big time.
0: Oh, okay, so next on the list is... (sighs) You've got to be freaking kidding me. Billy Bats Popcast 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 <laughs> Enough, enough, enough All of these ideas are awful Is there anyone here at this meeting Who isn't me Who has an idea I will take it. Oh. oh, Frodo Baggins Oh, thank God A real hero Please, please come down here Let me know your thoughts
3: Whatever you did, you've been officially labeled a disturber of the
0: peace. you, Frodo. You know what? Forget it. Meetings cancelled. All these ideas were terrible. It's not like anybody's going to listen to this show anyway. Meeting adjourned. Maybe I can catch the beginning of Survivor. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It's been a while. Welcome to episode one of the Popcast i am your host billy blinks from you could tell from the intro that my theme song plans really didn't go awry it turns out if you only talk to yourself about ideas it doesn't really go that well so we'll find something more entertaining but what i promise will be more entertaining is this episode so with me as always i have brian
4: Hello, everybody
0: i have waleed
4: how's everybody doing
0: and joining us from the Apples to Orange podcast and formerly the Batman, the animated Batcast or however the exact title was, Paul. I Paul it.
2: Hey, hey, I love how you say as always on your number one episode.
0: Well, but guys, everyone here, I think anyone here <laughs> honestly listening to episode one probably has some affiliation with one of the four of us. If you don't welcome and you're going to get to know us soon, actually, in the second segment, I have a, a memory slash question for each of the three guys here today that'll help you get to know them uh, just for everyone here listening. We're going to be on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, anything that you use, you'll be able to find us. There will also be a YouTube channel where we're going to have clips, individual episode reviews, series reviews, anything pop culture related, even clips from the actual audio podcast episodes. Those will all be there. Um, as far as these audio podcast episodes, once a week is going to be the average. We will do some bonus episodes and things will sprinkle in there. But a lot of the other content will really be YouTube based. Um, as far as anything else, social media wise, we'll have all of our tags, our personal things, our Twitters, Instagrams. By the time this episode is released, there will be a Facebook group where all these episodes will be posted as well. And, you know, daily kind of content and banter. We have a lot of fun. We'll set up social events online like we like to do in the past. And like I said, everything here really is mainly it's a pop culture podcast. Like I said, the mission statement is we're a show about pop culture, community and friendship. So I really think that's the gist here. We're here to have a good time. We're not here to take really anything too seriously. Um, This isn't just a one topic type of thing. So it's not just Marvel, not just superhero kind of things, anything and everything pop culture. And that's why we're going to have a good array of guests and recurring co-hosts that cover all those type of topics. So anything you want to hear, let us know. But we appreciate you listening. Um, Guys, table 10. Table 10. Table 10. Paul, do you want to talk about table 10?
4: Yeah. Well,
2: table 10 was a fucking monumentous moment in my life. And you can laugh, but I mean that. That was, was a great time. I your oh, I'm wedding. Laughing. I'm laughing. I, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> you're reminiscing fucking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great time, man. Like uh full disclosure, first wedding I've been to since I think mine. <laughs> and that <laughs> ended fantastically. <laughs> Um, no, I went with a stranger to dance with a lot of strangers and I got sat at a table with people that I like, I've talked to you and all that. And it was just a fun time. I did like uh fucking fuck boy Island with Brian mm-hmm. before that. And it was just, I think it was one of the, besides the birth of my kids, one of the best weekends of my life just got to fucking. Fake suck everybody's dick to Madonna's fucking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there is a lot of video footage. I did just get the uh, wedding video. So full disclosure, our wedding video is awful. It, 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 Emily agrees. It just, we didn't spring a lot for it. Our photographer was much more, I guess you would say like high end, but man, the one, the videographer was a total creep. He was like the guy in Euro trip that would like sneak up on you in the cart every time. Yeah, he was literally Fred Harvison from Eurotrip. This is who this, this the videographer was. And when we got this video, we knew it was gonna, be, we just knew it was not gonna be. He didn't edit like Paul, like we were talking about pre-show, like how you don't edit anything out. This guy like didn't edit Fuck anything you, out. Billy? He didn't edit he did edit, dude. It. He didn't edit anything. Like there was literally a moment where Emily, when we were on the altar, went to go like adjust a camera for her like sick grandmom who couldn't come. He included that, like the whole her like moving the camera and adjusting her iPhone settings. Like, what, what are you doing? This isn't a documentary, dude. This is a wedding video. But Emily's
2: like, "Why is that camera under my dress, like, dude?" Block?
0: I am. T- this guy, <laughs> this guy took over the wedding. He was like directing the, the wonderful photographer. He was bulldozing her. Like he was. He took over. Took over, man. And I, but I'm telling you, Paul, there is some good footage. Of you getting down there are wonderful photos of you getting down and you traveled probably the farthest outside of my one of the my groomsmen from california than anyone to come to that wedding so i
5: mean it was an fuck amazing
2: california guy asshole oh
5: you were definitely the sweatiest guy at the table
2: oh i was like 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 jess is like why is your tie in your head i'm like because
4: i'm sweating
5: we drank like, like a billion white claws oh my god really fuck <laughs>
1: That Please was the last so much.
4: that was one of the last memories of uh my drinking life because like a few weeks later, I ended up quitting drinking but you to that, no, yeah.
2: that was I
0: you. like to say we were just a catalyst like we just like to help move things along. <laughs> Um, So, Paul, that was actually kind of table 10 and Paul's dancing was kind of the thing I was going to address for Paul. So this actually worked out really well. So I'm going to move on to you, Brian, Brian, my longtime co-host, compadre, Rough Rider.
2: Good people,
0: man. Um, We were I kind of have a bone to pick with Brian. So I waited to pick it on our pilot episode. Um, This podcast, actually. So this is like what, February? We're kind of getting ready to launch here. Uh, we were supposed to start like in November, but Brian refused to watch anything besides Survivor. So it indefinitely <laughs> delayed the podcast. So everyone who was waiting and I was, seemed like I was being cryptic, you can blame Brian. Sorry. I,
2: Brian, I have a Survivor story.
5: <laughs> Go for it. Great. Save it. Sorry.
2: Oh, save it? Okay. I'll save no, it. No,
5: no, 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 no. no, save
2: it. No, so like the, fir- like the very first season, when did that came out, like 90, like what, 99, 2000? Yeah, basically. I, that, yeah. I was working at a Greek restaurant, an Irish fucking idiot, thinking, like, ooh, I'm going to run this restaurant. Like, no, Greeks hate me. But one of our owners, uh, he used to run a semi truck business where one of his best drivers was in, like, she was in the first season. Her name was Sue.
5: Oh, really?
2: And she's super famous for telling somebody like, "I wouldn't piss on you,
5: yeah, if yeah, you were on she, fire."
2: And she came to our restaurant to eat, and yeah, she's, she's on eating, a, like, oh, I'm sorry.
5: No, you go. I was just say she's been at, like she they the show as a whole liked her. She came back for another season.
2: Oh, nice. But like, she was eating. Like fucking steak and rice pilaf. And I like, like, like the guy Gus, he's like, hey, come over here. Like, me, and my friend Sue, you might know her. And I look at her play. I'm like, didn't you get enough rice? Yeah. Oh my God. And she looks at me. She goes, you can fuck right off. And I'm like, yes.
5: Nice. <laughs> yeah. She definitely was ornery, I would say, is a word. Oh,
0: great word. That might be the word of the podcast so far, ornery.
5: Yeah. She also has like one of the greatest, like, um, speeches I yeah guess, history for like the jury is that the kelly one yeah like the snake yeah. eats the rat
0: so oh, really a lot of
5: words to just say that i'm not voting yeah. for you yeah so basically bill is saying like i because we, we do a reality show together i was trying to bring something to the table and become somewhat of a, like a, a knowledgeable source for show that we are now watching which is survivor and I just kind of fell into a rabbit hole and watched the entire forty seasons like a madman. So that's what Bill's referring to. I guess I did delay some of the watching of other things, but if you want to blame no, it, you can blame me. It's fine. no, it was it's awesome,
0: but that it's like it's something I love about Brian. Like not only like as a friend, but like even like I said as a co-host. And we talk about the reality guys. It's our YouTube channel. We'll talk about some of that kind of stuff later, but it was just that like that he decided to dive in and like kind of like own a franchise which was really cool and i just love anything that's initiative based and it's great because like we were getting these just daily texts of like where he was and he was texting our co-host kevin who's seen all the seasons over the years so he'd be like oh i'm on season 26 he's like oh is that so-and-so it's like yeah and like i said as now we cover the new seasons it's really a great knowledge base because they know like the trends that are changing and if something is a big move or a dumb move a lot of times before we see it play out which is really cool for us but especially like the audience uh so moving on last but not least while uh for the people watching the clips and the full podcast eventually here on youtube they're gonna get my tease here but um it's ben simmons day bud
4: yeah oh my god yeah it's one of the days i've been waiting for for months and uh I can speak for all the uh, Sixers, Sixers Nation out there that, uh, yeah, I mean, I was at work and I dropped everything I was doing and just walked out. And, it, and I work at Costco where you're surrounded by people all day. And I just ran out really quick and just <laughs> immediately started texting and calling like some of like, my closest family members and friends. And, uh, yeah, this was this was a huge day. Like We were so happy about this.
0: <laughs> it's just cool. I mean, again, like we're you and I are big sports fans. I would say you're a bigger sports fan than myself, especially more recently. I'm self-professed that I was a sports fanatic until the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And it kind of broke my fandom. i, I, I part I think I was defined by the underdog syndrome and defined by like being like a negadelphian and kind of being like the sky will fall on us eventually. And now I'm just so like more measured about it.
4: And I can agree, I can agree with you there a little bit. Like People are like, oh, Eagles fans are the worst. They're so impatient. They're so they're so hard to deal with. And it's like, hey, we've become a lot nicer as a whole since we won our Super Bowl. And like, I'm more patient now than ever. And I'm like, okay, if they're rebuilding, so what? <laughs> they did they did me a solid. They won me one in my lifetime, so now it's just the Sixers. That's why I'm so excited today. I'm just in my lifetime, I need to see them win one. And then I can literally probably reach the same point as you when it comes to Philly sports. This nirvana
0: that I've reached, this kind of (laughs) false like happiness, but like honestly, it's all good because I'm a lot less stressed now in my life. Can I say something? No, of course, Brian, Atlanta fan.
5: Yeah, I'm still stressed just because that trade though, like I think losing Seth Curry is like kind of a big loss.
0: No, listen, of course it's a big loss. I mean, he's not one of like the best contracts in the league, it's cheap and stuff. He's a great guy, but. At the end of the day, man, they're shooting their shot. I don't mind it. I don't we weren't going to win. So like yeah. screw it. Like no. I, I don't
4: care. You know, Seth Curry, he gets you fifteen points a game, you know. And uh, you know, I think the bigger loss honestly is Drummond, Andre Drummond, more Yeah. Seconds. he gets really he he, he gives valuable he minutes. Back yeah, exactly. He's a very one of the better backup big men in the league for Embiid. Embiid can get some quality rest on the bench when he's in there getting boards. And Drummond is a board machine. That guy can get you like fifteen. Yeah, hours. that's true. Yeah, but he has
5: zero stamina.
4: So yeah, but, but we can still pick up someone to replace him that's decent. Maybe not on his level. Like Enis You could probably they, you could probably pick him up. I think he's now a free agent. You could probably pick him up for like you know the league minimum, if anything. Yeah,
5: so. you just got to see who like is a cap cat. Like they just pay off the contract. Yeah,
4: so but I. It be okay
0: there. What I do want to say, though, what is a big win for Philadelphia, no matter what, and not about the Sixers, but about the Philadelphia economy and especially the local strip clubs, because James Harden is coming. He's probably already there. James <laughs> Harden loves his strip clubs and he is going to boost the economy. Philadelphia right. says you should want him to get the two hundred and twenty million dollar contract for extension, because yeah. why not, man? A lot of that's going to go to the local economy. It's going to go <laughs> right to the working ladies. <laughs>
4: Well, on on another note, did you see tonight was the all-star draft? Yes, uh, I did. uh, Kevin Durant and LeBron James were picking the teams. Kevin Durant refused to pick James Harden. James Harden ended up being the last pick in the draft, so I'm actually happy about that. Hopefully, Harden saw that and he's pissed off. He comes into Philly in shape. And, and well, died. big ups
0: to LeBron because LeBron was trolling him because LeBron knew. So LeBron just refused to pick Harden just to make Durant pick him, and Durant yeah. wouldn't do it. And it got down, was, down to the last two picks, and it was off. literally yeah. it was it was James Harden and what's it, the guy from the Rudy Gobert.
4: Yeah, that was the last two, and he's like, "Yeah, we and he need took Rudy to- Gobert." <laughs> yeah, Kevin Durant's like with the st- with the straightest face you could possibly have. Oh yeah, we need a big man so uh, to you know offset LeBron and Giannis. So uh, <laughs> like we gotta definitely get him in there, and he refuses to even say James Harden's name. <laughs> and LeBron was like, "Is he even healthy?" And
0: he's not mad oh. at Kyrie. Not mad at Kyrie though. Not, you know,
4: and Charles Barkley's reaction though. He was LeBron's like, "Is James Harden healthy?" And Charles Barkley was like. Oh, yeah, he, he just got traded. He's healthy now.
0: <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I said to my dad today. I'm
4: sure he's heard about showgirls already, too. <laughs> I'm sure he's heard about all that. <laughs> Dude, I do have to
2: say, like, Walid like, hit a chord with me as a Milwaukee Bucks diehard fan to have, like, I'm happy with our win last year. Like, that's all I fucking need. I mean obviously like Giannis has read in my classroom like fucking 17 times like great guy i'm so happy for the guy like yeah like he used to text me back now he doesn't fucking asshole
4: Um, (laughs) (laughs) i love the guy now you go going a fucking asshole
2: (laughs) no no i do like 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 he's fucking great like like i have i have a very amazing love-hate relationship with Wisconsin athletes and Giannis will never be on like low level. Oh, yeah. so he's no, so I mean, good. I,
4: oh yeah, no, absolutely. Like even as a Sixers fan, I was happy to see him win it all. I was like, you can't not like this guy. He's just such a genuine person. He works. He works harder than almost anybody in the league on himself. So. Man,
2: fucking, I think only Billy knows this, but I was, I was get like I was offered tickets to see the game where they won the championship.
0: This is a true story, guys. I can validate it live as it was happening.
4: Oh, did you really hang out with his kids instead? Down.
2: I turned it down because it was a night I had my kids.
4: Oh man, you know that's that's totally understandable. Out of the year,
2: and they made like little signs during the game we watched on TV, but those lightweights were out by third quarter. So
0: funny. Paul's texting me like, and I'm texting him during the game, and he's showing me the pictures of the kids, and then they're asleep, and I'm like, you're just the best though, because he can literally been again. It's Being in the stadiums of memory, man, it's something that you don't get to have a lot. But at the end of the day, obviously, your kids are more important. And that's just like a really cool moment you'll always have. So I, you know, obviously commend you for making the right choice, at least in my opinion. There's probably some people listening like idiot. Well, a lot of people call
2: me idiot, but it's not because of that.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, let's go. All right. Here you go. Speaking of idiots. So I have a quick section for quick hits and then we'll get to our uh, our main you know, our main event here, but I have a few quick hits talking about idiots. Um, movie pass is coming back, guys.
5: I'm not getting it.
0: So this is the best. the only reason I'm bringing it up, one because obviously it's gonna die, but this is the best. So on the article, I'm on this website, it's tomsguide.com. There's a lot of articles that are reporting it. Movie pass 2.0. Ready? Movie 0. 2.0 launch date, summer 2022. Pricing still a secret. Movie <laughs> 2.0 theaters. We have partnering theaters, but no announcement. There's going to be an app and they have like two little crappy screenshots that you can't even click in and see any bigger. My whole point here is we're, we all got to love our little gambling here and there. So I want the I'm going to set the over under on Pass 2.0 at 13 months. Waleed over under. I just want one one word over Paul over but yeah over brian under i think it could i think under if they announce that they're done in the under it doesn't mean if they like if they oh it'll let you know you can use it until but if they announce it it counts it's just crazy guys because the point is is that all the major theater chains amc regal they do their own passes they're very reasonably priced they're you know, sub $30 a month. It pays for itself in literally two movies. You could do multiple movies a day. You get, I know, at least for the AMC, you get three movies a week. I think it's similar with Regal. There's no blackout dates. It's a great tool. I love like doing the double like feature using the AMC pass movie pass. It, it's a space that like they may have tried to pioneer early on, but now everyone else, they've all adapted that model. And I, I really just don't think there's a space for independent outside of some people going and taking advantage of their probably low prices again really quick but I, I just don't see why they would do it does anyone have an idea why they actually think it would work this time
2: well okay if I think movie pass would actually have a chance if they really stuck to like the streaming part as well if they got into like same as day theatrical releases like I know HBO Max is about to end that, but that could be a market they could really fucking sweep
4: up in.
0: It's a good point. I like that.
4: That is true. Yeah.
0: Um. Okay. So also, my next thing, uh, I just want to let you guys know that Brian knows this, but I'm going to become a cowboy. Oh yeah, I've gone in a big, big binge of Yellowstone, and uh, I'm going to go work on the Dutton Ranch. I think I can do it.
5: You get a brand? Get get the brand i
0: uh, i mean i haven't done anything that bad yet
5: i wouldn't want to work there
0: i wouldn't you don't want to you don't want to get branded man being branded, you got to live on the bunk bed i just i mean i don't want to actually work for john Dunton. i mean maybe even in the in the sixes i mean they like their cattle down in the sixes down in texas do any of you guys besides i know brian does paul or wally do you guys uh watch yellowstone
4: i do not no, actually not yet i do not like highly
0: it, but... highly recommend brian do you concur
4: yeah, I like the show.
5: I just think it's it's just very dramatic of what you think would actually happen in Montana. I don't think that happens at all.
0: Brian, are you <laughs> telling me that people don't shoot each other with M16s over cattle? No. no. You, um, you, I, you don't know real America. It's
5: kind of just like the, a family runs like a, a small town in, in the state with no... No, they run the whole state at all. Yeah, like the government has no authority over them, which is just completely unbelievable to me.
0: Well, because John Dutton has very persuasive methods with the governor. And that's it's all my saying. land. I'm not selling. It's my land. A few moments later. But the doors are locked, so everyone, we're safe for now. But listen, that will be a hell of a pilot episode. We always said we wanted a murder mystery. Remember, guys, we always wanted a murder mystery.
2: It was wallid <laughs> <No,
0: I'm kidding. laughs> all right, so other two three more quick hits, and then we're out of here to the main event. They announced a better call Saul final season again, it's like the trend now i don't really I really don't like it. it's gonna come out in two halves. April eleventh is part one, and then July eleventh is part two, so there's gonna be like a month and a half break Hi,
2: Emily. sorry, sorry that.
0: Hi. <laughs> the wife just went and made her cameo for the episode she's gonna. Probably intern, do that. intern well listen i don't you know i'm trying to do good here for my pilot on the reality guys we affectionately call emily the intern she comes in a lot of times and she'll pop in drop some things off and leave but i you know big ups to the partners in our lives that let us have fun and sit here and record podcasts in our spare bedrooms that's the big yeah. time <laughs>
2: it's the real mvps
0: I'm really sick of the two halves of the final season thing. Does anybody actually think it's a good thing? I'm just done with it. Just release the whole final damn season in a row. I'm, I'm sick of it. Better call Saul. Ozark breaking bad. Did it? Walking dead. Burke is breaking their final season into three parts. The I don't Thanos
2: like it. started that shit.
5: Yeah, well, they yeah, didn't finish say it. That? I'm on that. The first part of the final season of that show.
2: Dude, Brian, please like you like you know what you need to do. You need to listen to Talking Sopranos podcast during your rewatch because it's done by. No, this like, is the first
5: time I've ever seen it.
2: Oh my god, you need like because I I got so into rewatching it, and I was listening to Talking Sopranos with uh, the like Michael Imperioli who plays uh, Christopher Moltisanti, yeah, and the guy that plays Bobby Baklava, uh, Stephen Sherpa. Okay, and it's, fuck fucking, amazing. it's Sopranos, fucking amazing. It's fucking. is
4: your first time watching Sopranos? Yes. Oh wow. Okay. Like, you're in- oh, I watched the Wire. I watched you're
5: the in- Wire and then Sopranos. I'm. I actually
4: like the Wire more
5: than Sopranos.
0: Oh, I agree.
4: I, I like. I like them both. I mean, personally, but I think Sopranos- I'm not really into mob stuff. I'm you
0: know what I like better than both of them? The Oz. You guys ever no, watch no, Oz? Too.
4: I actually never oh, got okay. into Oz.
0: Oh, watch Oz. Guys, I'm telling you, go back and watch Oz. That's the prison drama. Early HBO. I mean, that's early, early HBO. It is. There the is a J. ton a of A's. Simmons dude, a ton.
2: guys. Oh, my God, oh, okay.
0: dude. No, 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 dude. It is intense. It's awesome. If you like The Wire, you will like Oz. I promise okay. it is. There are some A-list actors, some all-time characters, though, too, from Oz. A big shout out to my old roommate, Pat. He actually got me into Oz back when we were at UD. Brian, I watched it our junior year. This is a throwback. I watched Oz by getting Netflix DVDs sent to our apartment.
5: Oh wow, that's, that's, here.
2: that's and Brian Eddie Falco plays a prison
5: guard in Oz. Uh, I'm I'll, I'll, I'm gonna stay on HBO. There's a few things I don't remember. There was something else I really wanted to watch, but
2: Righteous Gemstone. Um, yeah,
5: yeah, wait, that's it. That's it. I need to watch the second season of that. Entourage. Oh,
2: it's, it's fucking killing
5: it, dude. Yeah. That's a cool show. I love Adam Devine, so anything with him in it, I love.
4: Yeah. If you've oh never seen Entourage, God. that's definitely one you gotta got to get into. I have
5: not seen Entourage. Oh,
4: yeah. Entourage is, the, for me, it's like my favorite show of all time. I just <laughs>
5: didn't have HBO as a kid growing up.
4: There you go, Queens Boulevard. There you go, Billy Blink's <laughs> <great show>. Johnny <laughs> Drama, upper, baby.
2: <laughs>
5: For the visual medium, which
0: doesn't exist. No, you, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta poster, Brian. Like, you've seen that sitting. This is like a How I Met Your Mother episode. Like, you've been seeing that poster in the background. Okay. It's had like no significance to you. And you'll watch the first season of Entourage and be like, yo, I love that post. Yeah, I just thought that you
2: just had. I queen am
0: Queens Boulevard. I am first. Queens Boulevard. I, oh, all right, here we go. This is a great story for the first episode of the podcast. So, shout out to one of my best friends, Cridge. Uh, You got Brian, you know, Cridge, because she was on the reality guys a few times. I went to her apartment in Brooklyn a few years back and we went out. It was like a couple of nights for like some parties and like stuff. So we went out. We were in Manhattan. We were bouncing around a bunch of places. So we took her. uh, We took the train back to her apartment with a couple of her roommates and friends and stuff like that. And on the train back, these girls are like, oh, did you see that email today about that pop up party? Oh, this pop-up party's near you guys' apartment. So we end up going to this warehouse party. It's this dingy, broken down looking, really shady warehouse. But you're seeing all these like really like fancy, well-dressed people like walking in one direction. Like, where the hell are they going? We go in, it's this party, it's called like the 50 rooms. And every room is this wild, different theme. There's telephone rooms, VR rooms, ball pit rooms. Like, I mean, it is like one of the craziest parties I've ever been to in my life. But the craziest part is that I met Vinny Chase at this party. Oh,
4: you met Adrian Grenier?
0: I met Adrian Grenier at this party. People were like harassing the shit out of him. Total bros. I mean, this is like 2015, 2016, something like that. So this is even only like this is more even more relevant then. And the moral of the story is that I don't walk up and ask for a selfie. I was like, Adrian, not gonna harass you. Love your show. He was like, oh, I appreciate it, man. Everyone's annoying. I'm like, yeah, I feel you. End of the night, we leave and we're walking back to their apartment. And he got into a cab with two girls. He was Vinny Chase.
4: He is still Vinny Chase. <laughs> you <laughs> can't still Vinny that, Chase. Dude, you might as well just get that identity changed permanent. <laughs> That's who you are now. Can't I would
0: rather out. be Vinny Chase than Adrian.
4: Yeah. I think anybody would (laughs) (laughs) after watching that show
0: guys. Did you enjoy the Jurassic world dominion trailer? Yes. I did. What? Oh, you are so negative all the time about stuff. All right. Tell me, are you Brian? What, why, what did you not like about it? I mean, why
5: do you think his movie looks good?
0: Because honestly, I was one of those kids that like, I obviously Jurassic parks, a formative movie, one of my favorites of all time. But like, I think Lost World gets the hate and especially the ending is hate. But like that was something as a kid. And I don't think anyone listening to this can say that they didn't have this stuff like you wanted to see the dinosaurs in the world. You want to see them smash buildings and TV. And I want to see this more than Godzilla, who's Five hundred foot tall, kicked the shit out of everything, like and is a god. This to me is very interesting. That shot of the raptors running and then the wild horse running alongside of it, and they were peaceful, like looked, that kind of stuff. It looked, is, looked like
4: a, it looked like it looked like a scene from like Uncharted, almost like an Uncharted video game, almost. <laughs> I,
0: I don't know, man. I just I seen those old characters gave me the feels, and I, I think they've had enough time. Like Trevorrow's back, he you know he fell on his face with the whole Star Wars stuff, and I think he's trying to out to prove that like he is still a big time blockbuster actor. I mean, director. So I- I'm all aboard, man. I didn't think I was going to be, I mean, me and Wally, we were talking pre-show. We both fell asleep during the second Jurassic world movie at the theaters. Yeah, but like,
4: yeah. but yeah.
0: I'm all aboard for this. I don't know. Maybe I'm being an optimist, but I, this trailer, man, it really got me on board
5: for, I know this is an audio medium. Like I love, I'm wearing a dinosaur hoodie. So it's not that I don't like dinosaurs, I like, like, I love the books. Um, I read both books uh, for Jurassic Park. I just, it, to me, it's just a money grab. Like, it doesn't, I don't, I didn't even think the new reboot was that great. Like, the storyline's dumb. Like, how are we going to keep playing that human beings are this stupid to keep doing this? Because dinosaurs <laughs> are cool. Yeah, everything, are
4: everything, cool. everything's a money grab now. I know, but I mean, it I mean just like, can we come up with
5: a, a new original idea? Yeah.
4: Well, they're, What they're, if they're, the dinosaurs
5: like, start to talk?
4: yeah and they just announced i mean you know a new scream movie is already in development scream yeah, like, well, and,
5: it's dumb.
4: and i'm like people i mean i liked it it was okay but it's just it's the same thing almost over i over. love
0: scream i'm a scream I, apologist
4: I, I like i like scream too but it's just you know they're gonna keep bringing that back because it's a money grab also like every franchise now is turning into a money grab yeah I mean,
5: I, I, I people don't know me. I, I am very negative, and I, I, I am <laughs> in that way. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll
1: be honest with the people, but I there's,
4: just there's a cloud, there's a cloud about Brian. There's I, a negative, dark cloud. No, the, what's
0: actually interesting, we talk about it like if you look at the four guys in this podcast, even there's kind of like we talk about dinosaurs and evolution, there's kind of evolutions here. Like, while it is a single dating man, uh, I'm a, a young. Married man, Brian is a a little bit more married than me, but expecting children. Paul has two wonderful children, is also, you know, like he said, moved on with a relationship. We have all the phases of relationships right now going on here on this podcast. We have all of the really, really awesome demographics basically, all men 20 to 40 covered.
5: Walid, Squirtle, you, War Turtle, me, yes. Blastoise, Paul. i have a Mega War Turtle. Wait, who am I? You're Mega Blastoise.
2: I don't know who that is, but I'll take it.
5: It's dope. You should Google what he looks like.
2: It's fucking dope. Yeah. No, man, I I saw Jurassic Park opening day in 93. I was nine years old, and I remember just, like, my dad, his big thing was every weekend we saw a movie. Like we just whatever the fuck it was. I remember in Jurassic Park, I'm like, yo, I'm oh, he's got a gun on his shelf. <laughs> you <laughs> Raphael.
4: <laughs> Wait, so do you guys remember what the first ever movie you guys saw in theaters was when you were younger? First ever movie.
0: Debbie Does Dallas.
4: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: American Tale.
0: I don't think I remember. Um, no. Um, I one of the first. From the first movie. That'd be a Disney movie for me. I, I remember, man, vividly remember. I I saw. I remember Lion King. That was early. I have the most vivid early memory I have, and I know I've saw movies earlier than this. But I went to. I got to go to a. You guys, Philly area, appreciate this. I got to go to a WMMR early screening of the Power Rangers movie. Oh, well, I was like, yeah,
1: it was yeah, yeah seven yeah. or
0: eight, and I have vivid memories because they did like trivia. And things before the movie, and I got a trivia question right, and got some poster, or some J- 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 bullshit. And Ivan, Ivan,
4: ooh, yeah. I even yeah no, that there, there was a there was a gut wrenching moment in that movie when Zordon died. Oh yeah, still still brought it, tears. It, to it, was, it was rough. Our homie <laughs> Zordon. It when Zordon rough. died, oh yeah, and they were all crying. Oh yeah, brought tears to my eyes. The pro
0: Zordon yes. podcast for anyone it's, still it's, listening. It's, all seven of you.
4: Same thing with the first Pokemon movie when uh, when Ash dies and all the Pokemon. Hey, fuck Pokemon Ash. Dead.
0: No, I wish Ash stayed dead. Oh, God. Yeah, and here, oh, here, here's that, scene,
4: that scene was sad, though. Got me to, got me to tear up. Here, here's another thing. Pikachu <laughs> sucks. <I, laughs>
0: Yo, yeah, it could be a Raichu at this point, dude. He would be such a good Raichu. He's like a
5: level 700 Pikachu. Why is Pikachu not OP at this point? I, I'm a Pokemon stan, but that's the only thing I have an issue with that franchise is like,
4: bad 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 character
5: well I, uh, no, he's still going too. he sucks
0: even
2: in the we're current we're, anime we're 20
4: or well, 23 years into the into the franchise into the anime too the show's still going on strong yeah. and ash is still a 10 year old from palatown yeah, yeah, yeah
5: he's he a uh, uh, peter pan <laughs>
4: he's still a 10 year old i have How are you 10 years old 10 20 years later i he's got
0: still... a guy guy i have a guy bry and everyone I, we are going to have on the podcast sooner than later his name is frankie sisto uh, he fits our world in two ways, Brian, your world in two ways. He is a the biggest Pokemon fan enthusiast player that I know. I mean, he plays everything to full completion and he oh, yeah. the, he, he streams everything like that. He actually even like works in that industry a little bit. And he also was the kid I was telling you about that one endurance to He's a real, reality TV champion. And also a big Pokemon and Nintendo stand. And he was doing a whole like Twitter live discussion of uh, the Nintendo Direct, which we'll touch on a little bit later on and stuff on the way out. But um, this is a great guys, So we have a lot of great guests. So I'm going to segue us to that, guys. Uh, just give everyone an idea of the next two episodes. So um, episode two should be our state of gaming episode so it should be brian waleed myself and my friend vise the bold um the corrective consciousness reactive consciousness podcast a a lifelong friend of mine grew up in the same neighborhood as my as me and now in the same neighborhood that i now live because i bought that house so um what a great one of the smartest he was that guy when you were in the neighborhood and this is back especially will be relevant guys like who grew up in like the 90s if you didn't know how to beat a game, that was the kid that you had to find in your neighborhood or at lunch or the blacktop. He had all the guides, or he just knew how to beat every game because he had already beat it. And like he was that kid, and it's just like his podcast now. It's all mostly um, they do pop culture, so they kind of split it up. They do video games and they do pop culture separately. They do a lot of like multi-part series about different pop culture series. They just finished up uh, a whole series on the Matrix. They've talked about things, um, you know, they react to any kind of video game news. They also have a lot of knowledge of retro video gaming, which is really cool. And like the current retro video game market, which is super hot, not just even the collectibles, but just even like the digital download builds and different things you can do. So we're going to do an episode basically on. The big state of gaming the stuff about activision blizzard with microsoft the sony bungie stuff nintendo but also kind of the positive and negatives of gaming right now um you know really the big mmo craze was big when we were younger but now the stuff with like, the battle royales the you know everyone knows about the loot chess but just a lot of just like the state of gaming has changed a lot of ways so Uh, while a huge gamer brian is a streamer big gamer Uh, i'm a huge gamer as well and like i said Vyze is a one like the gaming guy you could meet so we're going to talk about the and negatives of where things are uh we're going to give a preview too of everything that's coming in 2022 that we're excited about in gaming there was a nintendo direct that we're going to talk about that there was a lot of positive stuff and then episode three is going to be a fully dedicated episode to the batman we definitely know that we're gonna have Paul on. Uh, hopefully, walid and Brian can join. We may even have one other person make a big like round table. So we'll reach out to some of our friends. If not, you know, and one of the guys can't be there, we'll reach out to a couple guys. And we'd love to have any of our friends on that are super interested to talk to the Batman. As we were recording this, guys, I just got my email confirmation that I got the press screening. So I will be going early to see the Batman.
2: Ooh, dang, homie. <laughs> You're so important. No,
0: Shut up. Uh, Paul, I'm not saying you. that. I'm excited. <laughs> Just be excited no, for your friend. I'm
2: friends. excited for you. No, I'm excited for you because uh, to go, but like, I don't remember my first in theater movie, but my first drive in movie was in 1989 to a little indie flick called Batman.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go.
2: <laughs> nah, are you excited really
0: kind of- to see Keaton back? Like, are you like think it's just like a a, a weird trope? Some people are very split. They think it's like like a, a desperation trope, and some people are excited for the fan service. Where do you fall on that? You are the Batman guy.
2: Of course, I am excited to see Keaton.
0: Thank back. God. I hate some of the 100%. negativity, which will be very anti what we're about to get into. So I am excited we're there.
2: I mean, how great of a fucking actor has Keaton become? I mean, he he was when he was Bruce Wayne Batman, but, like, he's going to bring his all. He's fucking excited about this shit. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, like... Let's bring him back because we're closer to a fucking Batman Beyond fucking.
0: Oh, my God. Don't even get we're going to do a whole thing about Batman and Paul, probably even after the Batman episode. We're going to do something a few episodes later. Just all about that. Maybe even a bonus episode for people. We can get into all that. But Batman Beyond is one of the most underrated series of all time.
5: Where can you watch it? That's like what I want to know. I
0: think HBO, HBO Max. Yeah, HBO Max owns DC properties. Yeah, you can watch. You can watch all Batman. You watch animated animated
2: on HBO Max.
0: Yep, you definitely can. All right, guys. So, you know, when we get a little bit more evolved here and I have the mixer and all set up, I would just play the bumper for you guys and you'd hear it. I'm just going to insert the bumper or insert the main event, whatever we decide because right now we are very unorganized and we haven't really planned all this out yet. But we will decide on a really cool bumper and idea for whatever this main topic of every episode will be. And I will insert it right meow. Wow. I'm really impressed at that awesome idea that we came up with, guys. Thank you. So good. Oh, my God.
2: It, it sounded fantastic. Wow. <laughs> you can see our faces. Uh,
0: I just, it, it, it's, it's almost like we haven't come up with it yet. I came. Well, we know you've at least that's, that's the that. third time confirmed Paul has came. Two children and this. Actually, can give him one time for my wedding. Or, uh, give Paul two for my wedding.
5: Five six ready.
2: It was the white claw that fucking did it. The first taste of that thing. I just was like, whoa.
4: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the claws coming at you. The claw, I'm the claw, a liar. A liar, liar, man! What What? No, de- I a... felt, I felt like
0: Inspector Gadget. <laughs> <Just so> <laughs> <I> <laughs> <feel> <laughs> like
4: Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, I'm always, I'm always quoting.
1: Go, gadget, go!
4: Always. <laughs> no, you, you interrupt the Wally. You're always quoting what? Always quoting like. You know, old school movies, you know, bringing nostalgia back in it. Always. <laughs> if you can't oh. keep up, sorry. <laughs> no, I,
2: I hope you get this Waleed every day I work in. For me, it was just a Tuesday quote. Ooh.
0: Mm, hold on. Mm. So this we obviously have already got into our first tangent of our podcast career. So I'll redrop the bumper. We're done. But I do have one quick question for you guys. Uh, Super Bowl picks, Waleed. Who you got?
4: Uh, <laughs> I'm going with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Ooh, Paul.
5: Bengals. Brian. Rams.
0: I'm also going with the Rams. I would like the Bengals to win. I do not think that line can hold up.
4: Also, Waleed, it was Street Fighter.
2: That was the, where the quotes from.
4: Okay, yeah, and I, I, actually, I, I never got. In, I, I was never in a Street Fighter like that though. Oh, that movie's great! It's oh, never- I love Street Fighter. I like I played the games a little bit, but like you know, as far as the lore of Street Fighter, was never into it.
2: Oh my god! But that movie's amazing because yeah. it's terrible.
4: <laughs> I've seen a lot of terrible. Like That's so
2: good. Like Raoul Julia was the only one that did not get the memo that this movie
4: sucks. Yeah, I like the I like the Mortal Kombat movies more. <laughs> those the, the old school ones for those.
0: Brian, did well, you also?
4: Soul is by.
0: Well, Brian is the Mortal Kombat, especially with the games. Did you see they definitely announced the sequel to the live action? Brian.
5: Yeah, I saw that. Uh, to the yeah. Me that. being negative again. I mean, it just like, no. You're not
0: being negative. We there's. I, I mean, there is video proof of us talking about that.
5: Yeah, I just there's certain things that I care about that I hold high standards for, and I just the fighting was
4: great. I just thought the story sucked. Oh, I wish they had told awful. us it was a
0: prequel.
5: Yeah,
4: I saw it on HBO Max, and I'm happy I did. (laughs) I didn't go spend money on it. No,
2: that was my first movie in the theaters after pandemic, and I like fucking, I punched the wall. But give me Anthony Starr, Homelander as fucking Johnny Cage.
0: Ooh,
4: I mean, I like that. I mean, I, I it'd be like an older version of Johnny Cage, though. I think.
5: Yeah, it just that. What's that? The the character they introduced was just dumb.
2: Oh, that guy was a piece of
5: shit.
0: I don't like the I don't like the create a character kind of thing. I I I did not think that killed
5: Goro in his first fight. Like, sorry,
0: the disrespect that Goro gets is outrageous. He was the coolest character in the original game. I vividly remember being up my dad's hunting cabin, playing on the Genesis and the Goro level being the coolest thing. And then like when I got to the Goro level, my dad tried to take the damn controller because he wanted to beat him because it was cool. Like. Gore, that was that dude, yeah. man. And like, I don't know. I, I would, I just, I mean, I would love a resurrection for the tournament for him. I, I need to see him actually kill some people. Bullshit, dude. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, they could just, there's a lot of things they can do with that series. It, it's a made up series. They can make anything up. They can They'll bring people bring, back,
2: I think. They can bring in the time stone.
5: Yeah, the time stuff. And they're, they're <laughs> Yeah, people. I think they should bring in they Thanos. <laughs> well, they have like sands. It's literally like sands of time pretty much. Like the- Goro is Thanos's, like, fucking so the Prince of person. Persia, it's like Chronica, cr- uh, I think her name is something like that.
0: I thought you were about to say exotic, exotica, so I can go cruising, yeah, yeah.
5: Oh, exotica,
0: great game! Oh, it's the best, man. That was my favorite car racing game in the arcade. Period.
4: <laughs>
0: also, Star Wars Pod Racer.
5: I'm not a real racer guy in an arcade, I was more smash and bash and fighting games and what house of the dead
4: oh oh yeah shooters oh house of the dead yeah that was my shit beat that game
0: (laughs) we're gonna do a whole episode about our arcade and home gaming so thank you guys
2: revolution x the aerosmith fucking machine gun game baby
0: (laughs) i mean that's a little bit more retro
2: Go to a strip club like i was seven i'm like this is amazing
0: well that's like playing like now you think about i like talk about me a wally or playing streets of rage four right now on xbox live together we may even play like a a, a level after this but like the, if you think about some of the old streets of rage games you go through you're going through and there's a bunch of like hookers and drugs and stabbings and like you're in strip clubs and casinos and boats and i'm like you don't even register that as a kid. And I think we grew up in that age, the first age of being like desensitized. I think even you're like, you know, Paul, you're not like out of our age. You're only a few years older than us. And it's just like it was so normalized from a young age that let's just like, a, like people would shoot the shit out of a million people and people would die. Like we just didn't take any effect to that as a as like young kids.
4: Oh, that's why I'm so happy. I the, that's why I'm so happy. I grew up in the 90s. because
5: It was a game <laughs> and the graphics probably weren't great. <laughs>
0: I mean, you're right though. I mean, but then again, they desensitized us. I mean, they weren't wrong. I mean, none of I didn't make any of us like crazy people, but it is funny now to think about the things we were. Well, now you
4: go it's funny now that we're older, we go back and like play these games and like we go back and like watch these old cartoons that we used to watch. And we're like, oh, shit, none of this was meant for kids. Like Nickelodeon, Ren, Ren and Stimpy on Nickelodeon was not meant for kids. Love Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> you will go back and watch that. You're like, damn, this is really not meant for kids.
0: <laughs> it, there was a TikTok I watched yesterday about the Doug sequel series on Disney. And Doug gave his dad the sex talk. That actually happened. Like, oh, shit. For I real. That.
4: Well, That's
1: going
2: to happen with my son and I. I guarantee you.
0: Your son's going to teach you?
2: Yeah. I I mean, uh, Dad, this
0: is how you made me
2: doing it wrong. I'm like, God damn it.
0: Dad, what do you think? Okay, so now because we went on this tangent, you're going to hear the bumper for a second time. Hearing things the second time, man, is great. Like sometimes your first time doing something, you're a little inexperienced and you don't really fully appreciate it. So I think on the second time, that cool, awesome bumper main event idea that we've definitely already come up with was great. Yeah. What did I lose you already? I lost everybody already.
1: This, guys, you know, oh, this is shit.
0: pilot season, guys. Everyone needs to have their pep in their step. Everyone needs to be excited for the main event. <laughs> so, again, if you haven't looked at the title of the podcast episode, you will get the idea. So I am calling this episode affectionately the pop culture hill you're willing to die on. I kind of thought about this topic because I have a few and one that a lot of people, if you've heard me in the past, know about. I'll give you a little tease. It's a Superman-related take where I... It's a take where I just repeated and repeated. A lot of people tried to change my take on it, and I kind of get sick of people trying to convince me of something that I'm so convinced on. So I was curious of other podcasters, listeners, people, friends of mine, what is something that in pop culture that you are dead set convinced on that no one could ever change your mind on, no matter what anyone tells you? So I thought it would be a fun way to kind of start, because honestly, this podcast and the whole reason we do it is, like we said, for community, friendship. And a lot of the people that, I mean, everyone that submitted for us are mostly podcasters and stuff. And I love and appreciate all of you for supporting us, starting this and even participating. And it's really funny because I got to learn a lot about people that I didn't know through some of these takes, just even seeing the topics. There's full disclosure. I haven't read or played any of the audio takes, but I've seen the subject line. So it's kind of funny just to get the teases of what people are going to play. So I want to give everyone an example of something. So we're going to start something very like light and easy. Uh, I want to do something safe to bring everyone in. So I want to go with the nicest person that I know. Definitely the nicest person on this podcast. I'm going to go with Paul. Paul, um, bring everyone into the safe space and let us know about the pop culture take that you are willing to die on. Oh,
2: I fucking hate the Beatles, man. I fucking hate the fucking <laughs> Beatles. I fucking can't like anytime a Beatles song comes on, I kind of just want to walk into fucking traffic. <laughs> like I'm a big George Harrison fan. Like John Lennon, imagine this. I fucking hate you. Music, I like what you stand for. Um, but I do so I my dumbass went to a private high school. And all of our dances, the final song was Hey Jude. And I fucking hated it. Fucking hated it. I fucking hate. Give me a Beatles song and I'll find a Rolling Stone song that's 100 times better. I fucking. What?
5: Yeah. I mean, so I lucky. like the Stones, but 100. T- uh, let it be. What about Wonderful Christmas Time? <laughs> She's so cold. Hey Jude. <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you hey, guys I'm gonna
4: let, I'm gonna let you guys hey. go back and forth on this one because I wish
0: I had I wish you know, like- I was more advanced where I had like the stone cold like what and every time I just uh, Penny lane what <laughs> so
2: every like every time like they played hey Jude everyone like at this Christian school that was taught how to love each other yet yeah, treated each other like shit got in a big circle and tried to hold hands and be like la 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 la, la. Like no, fuck you, fuck Jude, <laughs> fucking asshole. Like I fucking, oh my god, dude. Real quick,
0: I just want to know before we continue this conversation, Waleed and Brian. Uh, while you first, what's your temperature just on this whole thing?
4: Um, uh, yeah, I, I was just saying. I'll let you guys go back and forth though, because I don't really. It's not the kind of like music that I grew up listening to. I never really listened to the Beatles or Rolling Stones or those that kind of music growing up at all. Um, so <laughs> I really don't really have, um you know much to say on it to be honest but all right, I- all
0: right. okay all right so you're a, a conscientious you're just, you're just stepping out okay dude by the way we, we grew up in the same town this isn't footloose you could have listened the goddamn Beatles, Waleed, okay? I love you.
2: He's Kevin Bacon. Leave him alone. Uh, all
0: right. All right. All right. Dinosaur dude, what What
5: do you... I, I kind of already... I, I know where this is going. I don't listen to white people music, so... Uh, I knew where that oh, was going. You I go. already knew I'm where on. that was going.
4: Hey man. I'm on that negative side with him on this one. <laughs> I already knew where that was going. There you go, Brian. Table 10! <laughs> so, table
0: uh, 10 is all... I can't wait for the Table 10 full reunion. I'm going to... Every member of Table 10 on a podcast. No, let me get an on X. one all right well i oh I. all right brian okay so well i got bamboozled i got bamboozled oh this is you know you know hooper drives the boat i thought i drove the boat and paul just you know you know you're a molder of young minds paul
2: yeah and i teach them to hate the fucking beatles that's like day one of lesson planning i'm like these guys are fucking pieces of shit like, if you hear, like, come on, baby, drive my car. Yeah, drive it into oncoming traffic.
0: Milwaukee well, you know what, Paul? Good thing you live in Milwaukee and there's not a lot of traffic.
2: <laughs> yeah, thank God for that. I get to work a lot faster. <laughs>
0: that is, that's that's <laughs> wonderful. You can actually ride your bike. All right, okay. All right, Brian, you seem eager. All right, Brian, what is, <laughs> there's just this? I know you well, and this could go a lot of ways. What is the pop culture
5: hill you die on? All right, real quick. So my friends always say about me is that I'm the first person to hate something that everyone likes. So this was actually really tough for me because I hate everything. But something Uh, recent that I know a lot of people like that I just don't fully understand is I don't think Ted Lasso is that good of a show
0: no oh, god no. brian I, no. I have like literally 40 ted lasso stickers on my desk like ready I mean, to hand hey, out hey, to people Well, you know what i hey, see can live brian your own life not, I,
4: could, I could actually see brian not liking ted lasso now.
0: no and this is this is this is before i like go vehemently against brian the take that i will like give brian the appreciation for is i get where he comes from a lot of times and it's that like when people like worship at like the altar of anything it tends to turn brian off if he's not into it instantly and i am a ted lasso stand ted lasso and i know a lot of people you know even paul and i know a lot of other people here listening and people that we've podcasted with and everything like honestly it, it meant different things to different people just because of what was going on at your life at the time and i think that is a testament to any show for any people certain shows will always have a you know an instant impact and i think There is a thing with Ted Lasso, too, because there's a lot of people that were on it early. I was after the first season, so I'm not like an original writer and say, like I saw from the beginning, but it meant a lot to me. And it was something early on with me podcasting and being into covering shows. It was just a really cool and wholesome and wonderful show to be able to talk to my new friends about. So uh i i just want to know Bry, like really like what about ted lasso that you maybe don't like as much that you think people are like super into that it's just like you're willing to fight that fight
5: positive right yeah i don't need to fight the fight like i don't need to watch like i just felt like everything on that show like just something that really in the one thing that really like i was like i'm done with this show the scene where the chick's masturbating to his press conference
0: Oh uh, okay, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that
5: is so unrealistic. <laughs> I was like, fuck that. Like, I th- and like, oh, it's so cute. Get All the right, fuck. You out need, here. No of
0: wait, it's like a- you're gonna go on the unrealism <laughs> argument about Ted Lasso? That's pretty realistic, Adam, yeah, compared no, to some of the things you funny. like.
5: No, it's not. We we're just talking about fucking Gordo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but,
5: well, so you're gonna tell me you would masturbate to Emily? Being vulnerable in an interview? No, no. I mean, of course not, because I'm the
0: one who's emotionally vulnerable all the time. But that being said,
5: (laughs) it's just like, like they they played it like she was masturbating to the dude who's a billion (laughs) times better looking than the guy she's with, and then he's it just it was stupid. Jamie tarted. Jamie I don't need. I don't know. There's just a lot of shit in that show. It's just like everyone's trying to make you feel good, and it's just like. I don't know. What's funny other. is because
0: like the reason I like this prize, because like you're in a safe space, uh, we're not going to get super mad at each other, but what I'm really <laughs> looking forward to is like the reaction. And when we start like asking about individual takes, like I'm going to ask like what take when I do a poll in the Facebook group, like which take upset you the most. And I'm very oh, I'm sure I'll be on there
5: and I don't really care. Pauls what
0: will be up there by default, but I may even like if I start to see Paul's like take off because the Beatles one's such like a go-to, then I'm going to be like, besides Paul's Beetle
5: take. It'll be mine, which is fine. And I don't really care.
4: I don't I know. Do, care, bro, we I don't
0: know any of these other takes coming. It's yeah, no. going
5: to be outrageous. No, I know. I'm just saying, if anyone's like, oh, you are, I, I have no, my wife says I have no empathy all the time, which I don't. So. Well, that
0: was how you lured her in, dude. It was that Delaware education and that, you know, that my savage. chin,
2: A dark handsome man. Well, you
0: do have a strong chin, Bri. Like, let's be real.
2: Yeah, dude, like Jay. Leno I think everyone
0: crazy here crazy. on this podcast. I mean, Paul's got the beard and Wally's got the beard, but everyone here has strong yeah, draw lines. There, if too. you I were.
5: Yeah,
0: everyone can see the strong draw lines here. Bry, Oh, wait. So some draw. I was about to make a joke about bonus points. So we did talk about we're going to move on to the rest of the hills, but we'll do a quick segue because it's our podcast and we do what we want. We have our first bloggers that cover any of our coverage, and we told Paul that we would let him know about this. So, Bri, you were the mid one that made this discovery, so I wanted to let you tell Paul and our listeners, and this is a good segue about the reality, guys, our YouTube channel um, that we started about three months ago. We're about to release episode 60.
5: Okay, so we have been covering Amazing Race, and we've found out that a lot of people really like this show and are what well, we I would call them zealots. Oh yeah.
0: They're like star
5: Wars fans. Yeah. They're like, they're diehards, which I'm totally fine with. Like you're allowed to like what you're like, but um, this guy started following Bill and I about like, and we just like, who's this random dude that started following us. And he like, was a, he's a, he's a, uh, what's the amazing race fan. So we're like, okay, he's got to be through the podcast, which it was because he followed the podcast page as well. So he would tag our page every week since the show started saying like hey these are some of the shows i really like that covered amazing race and wait
0: i always segue i'll make and the only interruption i'll make is that these other shows that he's tagging us with are literally like the people the contestants yeah. that are on the amazing race and the only other non-contestant is like a podcast with like a hundred thousand followers yeah. it's
5: like and then yeah. us we have like we're being grouped in with like people that are out of our league like view wise follower wise a lot of these people are definitely class wise yeah yeah definitely class because we're vulgar but they're probably these people are making money off their videos and we're not we're just a we're um, we're four dudes in a basement we're
0: uh, i mean brian's currently wearing a dinosaur jacket i have a reptar jacket over my shirt right now
2: you're like me and my divorce see don't I'm you saying. wish
0: that evil on me ricky bobby <laughs> all right brian continue because this is where the funny part
5: gets where like what this guy actually does okay so paul i the other day like he tagged our instagram in a story again so i just re i um i just reposted it on ours and like finally i looked at it i was like there's a link in here i'm just gonna click this link see where it takes me and this guy like rates he watches everything every show he can find that covers the episodes and ranks them each week, giving them points, like how they talked about the show, bonus points for like he gave me bonus points for wearing sh- like cool shirts, like Kevin saying the F word all the time, like being funny, negative points because like I didn't post a link correctly. Bill like kept saying that one contestant's name wrong all the time. And like he has his rank, like we're, we we're in the top 10 last week, but it's just like funny and he dissects the show. Like he'll like write down like things that we said and then comment on it, add pictures. And it's a blog about everybody's. It's kind of crazy. It's I I, I'm kind of flattered.
0: Dude, it's so cool. I'm obviously gonna DM this like big props to you, bud. We really love it. We think it's flattering, and all the criticisms are fair and very funny, and they're like self-criticisms that we're always making. I literally, my favorite contestants are the Holderness family. And for an entire episode where I screamed at people for not liking them, I called them the Hutchinson family for the entire episode. I called the team that I was defending the wrong name. And like that's purely me because I was so dead set on making sure they loved them. But if anyone was literally listening and some people tell us they don't even really watch the actual shows, they just watch us, they are looking up the Hutchinson family. The Hutchinson family does not exist.
5: <laughs>
0: yes, Paul, yes.
5: Funny inside jokes <laughs> for the, the non-audience.
0: <laughs> there are some inside <laughs> jokes coming here. You know what I mean?
5: Inside
2: jokes are great. I hope to be part of one someday.
0: You know, it's so crazy. I'd never had any friends until I found the internet. It's just like so wild. Me and Brian knew each other. It was like an accident. Me and Wally knew each other. We went to high school to ch- together. We lived in the same town for literally 20 years and were acquaintances. And then we became friends when he moved to Colorado. Oh, my I mean, God. Just according
2: helped. to like my parents in the 90s, like if I ever met somebody on the internet, I'd be raped and thrown into a bush. Like the internet in, amazing. I mean, a,
0: you would find you in a bush pretty quick it's not like a hidden thing
2: the burning bush
0: like burning men
2: oh my like, god he's talking about moses no i'm talking about like redheads pubic hair
0: oh gingies, like ginger vitus he's talking about downstairs carpets Ooh, <laughs> waleed before we get into everybody's takes all of our guests do you have one prepared Did you just say no are you muted
4: Oh, sorry i do i do sorry oh, Mike, oh look,
0: he's white uh, his mic's <laughs> in his hand look at him
4: all right all right well I'll lead ready here we go i'm gonna ask everybody
0: what is the pop culture hill you're willing to die on
4: okay so for me this one i had to put some thought into but my favorite actor i don't know if any of you know this my favorite actor is matt damon didn't
0: know that love that yeah, my, favorite,
4: my favorite, actor. Like, you know,
0: favorite movie is starring damon. matt damon so there you go
4: yeah well yeah Goodwill Hunting is also one of my favorites I think yep. it's your favorite yeah I know you
0: know that yeah, yeah yeah
4: and also Leonardo DiCaprio I mean well I know I've met a lot of people in my life who say like oh he's the best actor in Hollywood he's uh one of people's favorites blah 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 yeah, But yeah, I'm yeah. a firm believer actually when you go back and watch a lot of DiCaprio's movies that I think it would have been some of them would have been better if Matt Damon was in the starring role
0: oh I like that like doppelganger movies,
4: yeah like Honestly, I saw recently Matt Damon's recent movie, The Last Duel, which didn't do well in the, at the box office. But good movie it was though; a, it was a good movie. But watching that, it came to my mind. I was like, and there was an old movie from like the, the late '90s when Leonardo DiCaprio was really young, called uh, The Man in the Iron Mask. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my! Did you? I can't. Episode one, we have the Man in the Iron Mask being brought up.
4: Yeah, and that's a great movie. And I love that movie. It It was one of my favorite movies in the in the early days of my life. But I thought about it, and I was like, I think Matt Damon would have played King Louis a lot better than Leonardo DiCaprio. I think you would have personally.
0: It's a very well thought out take. I don't honestly, Wally. Like that's a very well thought out take. I don't. I mean, some people are gonna hate you just for not liking Leo, but like,
4: oh, I like Leo, but, but I I that's think think, a I very think that better. <laughs> you you put like
0: some second level thought into that, man. I appreciate that.
4: Oh yeah, no, I appreciate that for myself too. I didn't. It took me a while to think.
0: He's of proud of himself. I'm glad you're proud of yourself. Proud of that's himself, the first so. step. You have to love yourself first.
4: Oh, always. I have,
2: That's a, important. Tell I have a question for this hot take. Do you think there is a Matt Damon starring
4: movie where Leo would be better as?
0: Ooh, that? I like that. Um, mm. hmm.
4: I don't I don't believe so. I think Leo would do great in those movies and they would still be critically acclaimed. What about but like the
0: Bourne movie. Uh, Leo would have been good in Ocean's Eleven.
4: He would have no, been. Really, no, I no, I, no, no,
0: I'm wrong. I'm wrong. though, Because Matt Damon was way more like, yeah, that character's got to be innocent. Yeah. Like, um, you know, like, like, maybe practice. in the born movies. I mean, Leo like, could have been born. He could have got like worked out a little bit nah. and been. not I mean, Good. Nah, but... Yes. Nah. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I, I'm at least I'm trying here. Okay. No, I, I like that. Say... I know yeah, I love no, I it. Do. I, mean, I
2: enjoy. I enjoy it so much. So, like, <laughs> do you like? Would you really have liked movie. Leo and Matt Damon to switch roles in The Departed?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why? So they can all get fucking shot in the head.
2: Yeah, they all they all died. Spoiler alert. God damn it, Billy. I
0: don't get out of here with spoiler <laughs> departed. I
2: mean, the, I mean, the departed.
0: Well, you're giving us way too much credit that like the like 17 people that are all our friends listening to this pilot episode haven't seen the departed. You're actually literally insulting your friends right now. I'm I'll apologizing this, uh, to our friends.
4: I'll say this wow. about the departed. I don't think Leo could have played. The role that Matt Damon played being that being that, uh you know, mole in the police department, whatever. I don't think Leo could have played that as well as Matt Damon did. I can say that personally. I think Leo was in the perfect role for him in that movie, but I think Matt Damon. Definitely brought his role to life a little bit better. Like you actually hated Matt Damon at at points in that movie, which was good. You were supposed to.
2: Oh yeah, you fucking hated that piece of shit. You wanted Marky Mark to shoot him in the head.
4: See, like I see the thing with that
0: movie is like everyone's like they laud the surprise of the killings and stuff and how quick, like how many characters even knocked out, like in that elevator scene. To me, in some ways, like. I get a little annoyed sometimes when like everything happens that quick. Like I'm, I'm not going to compare it to like the Godfather, say like the yeah, end because there were other killings and other developments during the Godfather. But like there's always part of me sometimes where I'm like, I wish that had been spread out a little bit. So I was always on my toes throughout the whole movie. They were. And, and again, like the first time you see that, the amount of like false sense security you're in does give you that holy shit moment. But you only get that once. I think. At the time, even after the fact, I'm like, man, like, I, I almost would have liked it to be spread out a little bit. I know I'm in the minority there because the Departed is some people's all time best movie ever. And I'm not there to argue against that. But that that is something at least like, to take off of your take that I think about. Uh-huh. That's a good one. Um, I will do mine really quick, and I'm not going to go in the whole tangent. I'm going to do something on YouTube or something about this because this show really isn't like all about like my takes. I'm going to really rather get the guests and everyone else's, but everyone knows that I think that Man of Steel is one of the top five superhero movies of all time. I think it's criminally underrated. I think it gets bunched in with all the BS that happened in the sequel, and a lot of that crap is not Zack Snyder's fault. He had a lot of tragedy in his life. He had to deal with a lot of this corporate BS with Warner Brothers, with having this little brother syndrome with the Marvel stuff and trying to catch up right away and insert some of their biggest storylines right off the bat. And as opposed to just accepting the fact that like being second place is OK, because you're still gonna make a crap ton of money if you make good movies and good franchises. And the amount of hate that Man of Steel gets. And people say it's not a Superman movie. He kills people. Zack Snyder or oh, the, the all the flashes and the bubble. To me, that movie is a great representation. And I'm thinking that like the Batman is going to be something similar in the way that it's going to represent something realistic. Where like, what happens if some all of a sudden the world does discover there is a guy that can do whatever the hell he wants at will? He's not Superman in that movie. He is the man of steel. That's why they call man So He is Clark Kent trying to finally discover who he is. He only finds out who he is in that movie, and literally, like 12 hours later, all the his like other people from Krypton are showing up and all that crap goes down. And he's got to make these big decisions quick. And people are comparing him to like Christopher Reeves, Superman, and like morality decisions. I'm like, this is a guy that literally was wandering around in Alaska three days ago, came home, met Lois Lane. Fort, buh, 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 buh. like this guy didn't have a lot of time to freaking figure out that like, he's supposed to be Superman. If, if you say me, like he becomes Superman in the extended Justice League. But like Henry Cavill never got to actually let his character become Superman. And I need people to stop just hating him because Zack Snyder hate is so cool and easy. And to me, it's lazy because there's a lot of really, really intelligent pundits out there and people that I really respect that crap on Snyder. And I don't get it. I love a lot of his other movies, a lot of his stuff, the Army of Thieves, the zombie stuff, all that crap. I love it. I don't know, man. It to me, it's a first contact movie. Like, what is the world is realistically reacting to this guy? And that is my take that as far as I'm going to go with it. Hmm. I mean, does anyone vehemently hate that movie?
5: I mean, I'm not a big Superman fan, so I probably shouldn't speak on anything. So. No, no, no. But yeah, I mean, even the character
0: of it, but like the movie itself, like just objectively, like, no,
5: yeah, it's fine. It was good. Yeah.
2: It's good I enough. Mean, like the whole Zack Snyder debate, I think Watchmen is one of the most faithful and best adaptations of it's all. A very time. fair point. Yeah. But like Brian said, I just don't like Superman as a character.
0: No, I mean, I mean, that's a very, very fair, valid complaint. A lot of people now, I mean, there's a lot of variety and a lot of exposure to things. So people get to see a lot of other right. variety. And, outside yeah, of Bill, This
5: is something that you care about a lot. So you're going to hold a higher standard. And care about No, yeah. Like, I thought I they did. A, I liked it. Yeah, um, yeah. Paul and I, like, I can watch it and I, it, I'm fine with it. I don't really, if people don't like it, I don't really care what they say because it's not. Something yeah, I'm yeah. holding at a higher level, like
4: you are. No, it's so it fun. It's yeah. a fun
2: movie to watch. Like it's yeah. entertaining, but at the end of yeah. the day, I'm like, oh, they did my favorite character justice.
4: Yeah, I mean, I it, was, it was the for me, it was the first Superman movie that I actually ever saw. I never saw any of the older ones from way back when. Um, I mean, I, I never had anything really against um, Superman. I mean, I watched a couple seasons of like uh, Smallville um, when I, I was love there. Smallville. Smallville was a great show, great adaptation. I felt like, uh, um, you know, who, who was the actor who played him in that in that show? I forget what was his name. Tom Welling. Tom Welling. Tom Welling yeah, he was great. Um, I think Henry Cavill is, you know, fits the role a little bit better than him, but they both did real a phenomenal job. But the first actual movie I saw was Man of Steel. I saw it in theaters, and I and I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought Cavill was probably the best but best superman that they ever came with i mean and just like the whole premise of the story also it was nice to see first contact like you said so
0: revisionist history with cavill being the ultimate pro nerd pro anything pop culture the level of dedication he has to the witcher franchise now and stuff is the level of dedication he would have given the superman if he was given even a ounce of that like respect back in my opinion I want to hear other people's opinion against that. So you know, we comment it within the Facebook group. Like I said, the Facebook group will exist by the time this episode releases. It's going to be like a week and a half or so from when we actually record this. So a lot of these things we're talking about will exist. I want to get into our guests, guys. Obviously, we have a lot of cool takes. Everybody cool right now. Does anyone need a break? them. All right. Let's do it. Please All right. Go. Well, we're going to do a couple of the, right, the written ones. We have some email submissions, so I am going to do these completely at random. Uh, first one I clicked on here. Okay, cool. Paul, a, fr- a bigger friend of yours, a-, a new friend of mine over the last few years, Rebecca Daling, uh, the host of the Picard cast, also was the co host with Paul, like I said o- earlier about the animated Batcast. Really cool and looking forward to when it comes back so that you guys can cover the new episodes.
2: Fantastic. It's
0: gonna be awesome.
2: Perfect. Perfect. Um,
0: it's funny because she used our old name. So we're gonna go. Hello, Popcast. You asked for hot takes, and here's mine. Quentin Tarantino uses period pieces in his filmmaking as an excuse to use racial slurs slash stereotypes and misogyny. Ooh. Now yeah. I know he's had some female heroes in his films, but for many of his movies, the women are degraded, beaten, abused, and generally treated atrociously. White characters throw in the, the N-word, and people of color are portrayed so stereotypically, all in the name of this is how it was back then. The Heart of They Fall is an example of a movie where Quentin Caratino wishes he could make. It has hyperviolence. It's a period piece. It's a Western, but the cast is all black, which is not unrealistic to the times, and stereotypes are bucked against so hard, showing that you don't need to fall back on those tropes. Keep up the good work and can't wait to hear all the other hot takes. So thank you, Rebecca. Honestly, I, I think that's a a pretty fair hot take unless you have people that are super Tarantino fans I mean I think that's a very fair take what do you guys think whoever wants to take the poll
2: you know, I'm I'm a huge Tarantino fan I love the, like how he brings so much of his appreciation of cinema into his movies but I 100% agree with her I mean look at Django Unchained mm-hmm. who should have who should have killed fucking Leonard I mean who should have killed, who should have been Matt Damon?
0: Who should have killed Matt Damon Doppelganger? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Django, Django should have killed fucking, he should have killed uh, Candy. He should have, he should have fucking killed him. But no, it was Christoph Waltz. Like, I totally get what she's saying. I mean, like, Quentin Tarantino and Uma Thurman had a falling out because of this. Like, because of what she brings up. Like, a hundred percent like i like i enjoy his movies i love the way like the soundtracks he makes i love the way he's like besides all the feet shots but the foot shots but like <laughs> I, I i do enjoy his movies but she's a hundred percent right on this it in my opinion
0: i think so too wally yeah i, I
5: agree i agree i agree with her
0: well hey, you were <laughs> <you a> tarantino <laughs> guy I oh, go yeah, ahead right. now bride.
5: I, I was just gonna say, like, if he, all those movies have like a theme of like race, like being overly like white people being racist, like, and like what Paul just said about the feet. I mean, it just starts to be like a theme.
2: No, it was so bad. in once upon a time in Hollywood, like,
5: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: Eventually, it gets to a point though where it loses its shock value though, and you kind of see what's coming with the direction of what, where his films go sometimes. Um, but yeah, I can agree though. I mean, in some way, in some facet, with this take so. Okay,
0: cool. Next one. I did another random click in the email submissions. This is from my buddy, Gino Cap, uh, South Philly, South Jersey buddy, Mummer's buddy. Is Phantom Menace a good movie? Objectively, no. But is it as bad as everyone says it is? In my personal opinion, no. While others have have its flaws, I feel as though the only one of the three Star Wars prequels that feels like it contained the film was a sufficient beginning, middle, and end. It feels like it actually has a purpose to the overall saga with what it establishes. Story progression actually happens in The Phantom Menace, while the other two just drag on and have no meaning or weight to them. The only reason the prequels kept going is because the story of Darth Vader has to be told. But besides that, there is really no other motivation for any other character to do much besides defeat the dark side. If anything, Attack of the Clones is my least favorite of the three, and in my opinion, the worst Star Wars movies overall of all time. It leans into the common stereotypes that the prequels are known for. Shitty dialogue, over-choreographed lightsaber fights, style over substance, etc. More so than an episode one did is bogged down, but maybe the worst romance I've ever seen in a movie. Good luck with everything. (laughs) I mean, I don't think he's wrong in the take that he said as far that it does have a definitive beginning, middle, and end. It is a self-contained film, but I've always been of the take that uh, Revenge of the Sith is actually one of the best Star Wars movies of all time, and I think, in my opinion by far the best of the prequels. So, uh, Paul, I'll start with you. What do you think about that take?
2: Why does the story of Darth Vader need to be told other than a couple lines here and there?
0: Mm -hmm. My God, it's the the next take we're going to do is exactly that point. You do not need to tell the goddamn story of Darth Vader.
2: Why can't someone just be fucking bad? Like, that's what made the Dark Knight Joker part great. Like, he lied about so many fucking you know how I got these scars story? Like we don't know. Like I just fuck it. I okay. just want a bad guy. Who's bad. I don't need to uh,
4: fucking an origin I, story. Yeah. I, I, don't
2: need, that. I, I don't need to like feel sympathy for him. Like I don't, I but, just want a bad fucking dude.
4: Yeah. And that's what made me nervous a little bit about like the Joker movie that came out with Joaquin Phoenix. I thought they were going to go in the direction of like giving Joker an origin and love like how he became what he, I'm like, no, I was like, I, I don't, I don't like that. But then you see the twist at the end, and like you, basically they go back on it, and they're like, okay, we actually don't know where he comes from, and that, and I, and I preferred it that way. So I can agree with this take a little bit. Yeah, Darth Vader doesn't need necessarily anything, but I did like the Revenge of the Sith. I thought that was definitely the best prequel movie for the Star Wars.
2: I liked Revenge of the Sith because of the lightsaber battle. That's about yeah, it. like oh, yeah, yeah that, that was fucking cool. But like. I just like my bad guys to be bad. I don't need to know, like, ooh, he, you know... Doesn't need to be
5: Riverdale? Yeah. I completely agree with you, Paul. Like, I, I'm, I'm pro-bad guy most of the time. Yeah. And, I, like, I didn't need to see... I think Anakin, like, made Darth Vader soft, and then he got his redemption on Rogue One on that last scene where he just cut down that entire Rebel fleet to get that the battle. That was fucking the, amazing. That dude. was great. I love that. A, I think it's the best Star Wars scene. That, that is right. up there with
0: definitely oh. the best Star Wars scene. And, they, and they've gone a lot of lengths. And again, this is not with any common person. This is BS. That they even do this. Most of the characterization of Anakin Skywalker comes in the Clone Wars seasons. It comes in the comic trades that they have that are canon, that are between the different movies and stuff but like that's BS. That is I, that has got to be 1% of anyone that's seen a Star Wars movie, less than that, that knows the information that like someone like myself will look into or read. It is the same thing, and we're going to transition right into. So we also did get some audio submissions, not as many. A lot of these are written out, which obviously makes sense. But I'm going to give one that is Star Wars related from one of our dear, dear friends, Luther, and he submitted one that, according to him, is something about Boba Fett being a terrible character. I was not a fan of the book of Boba Fett. I'm not going to waste a lot of time on this episode because we've already been going for a while, but Uh, In the next couple episodes, I will give my full thoughts, maybe even on a YouTube video about why I was disappointed. But uh, stay tuned for two seconds here, and we will have Luther queued up. So we have our buddy Luther Shaver. Appreciate you, my dude. He has a take here, and all it says here is Boba Fett. And I know that just from his message, it's probably not a positive one. I'm going to turn this up. If you guys can't hear it well enough, I'm going to adjust and post for the audience. If you guys can't hear it, let me know. If not, we will stay silent until it's done. Drunk dolphin sounds like.
3: It's, it's, it's disturbing. You know, it's just gross. However, that sound and that action is light years, even parsecs, beyond Boba Fett. You, Boba Fett, are the absolute worst character in the Star Wars universe. You sucketh. You stick. Ah, no one really likes you. Your show has been hijacked from you for a lot of other people to do their thing in that universe. You're just terrible. You wear a suit. I'm a fucking... Nope. You, you, you no, no. no. You <laughs> fell in that sarlacc pit like a bitch. Like a big fucking bi- You didn't crawl out. They, they should have never made this series. You died in, when was that, like 83? Yeah. You died in 83, bro. What? I crawled out of the sarlacc pit like I'm. You fucking suck. This is a little bit of a rant. However, I really don't like Boba Fett. That's all I'm trying to say. Good night and good luck. Have you ever?
0: When I envisioned this episode, that's literally what I was envisioning.
5: Oh, God. Yo, that guy's room was kind of sick. I know this <laughs> is an audio medium, but how much do you think his room cost just by looking at it?
0: It was dope. There was like a ton of like Iron Man stuff and things and stuff him. in
5: boxes. That's he's got that stuff's got to be um, yeah. <laughs> expensive, which is cool. All
0: right. Well, as far as the take, honestly, it's a take that before the Boba set Fett series, I would be like, dude, what are you talking about? That stinks. I hated this series. I hated the series for even like almost a reason why Gino and his old take said he liked Phantom Menace because it didn't have a beginning, middle and end. I didn't feel it served any purpose the own show got hijacked in the f- five and fifth and sixth episodes. They were Mandalorian episodes. They were setting up the next season. What does that have to do with Boba Fett? And you get to the very end of the season, and Boba Fett's like, not really made out for this. So you literally know he's about to ditch Tatooine and he's going to be in Mandalorian season three. The reason upsets me the most outside of the season not being good, in my opinion, in my opinion, is that it robs the ending of Mandalorian season two. Grogu leaves with Luke. It is a big emotional moment. And if someone doesn't watch the book of Boba Fett, they're going to come back in the season three premiere Mandalorian. And Grogu's going to be there chilling with fucking Mando. Like there is no, there's no reason for why did you rob that ending? That was one of the coolest Star Wars things I've ever seen. And I just feel like this series besides not being great, As, like, a cure-all at the end, they're like, well, we get Baby Yoda and Mando, that's cool. And I just, it's, like, the very first thing that Favreau and Filoni have had their hands on that I don't like. I'd love to hear what you guys think.
5: Who wants to go first? Whoever. I can go. I I just think the writing was bad. Like, what bothered you the most? Like, I just don't think they did the character justice. Like, I used to read these books when I was a kid, so, like, I have always known that Boba Fett survives and I just think they did a bad job of like all the action scenes. He didn't have a helmet on. So he's looking. The actor's looking old. Like they should have had like a stunt double do all the stunt, like the fighting. Like it just, there's a lot of stuff in the show that I just thought was stupid.
0: Wally, did you like it or were you even watching Boba Fett?
4: Oh, I did not watch Boba Fett actually. No, but oh, did you watch Boba Fett? no I didn't but
2: this I don't know like to me it's like just not liking the character Boba Fett to I mean to me I've heard this from a lot of people that just have never been a fan of him so I don't know if it's that much of a hot take to me because it's just like ooh you got beaten by Luke by just turning around you didn't do anything of substance in Empire or Return of the Jedi where like I've heard this argument a thousand times. Like, I just I've kind of like I I agree with Luther, but I've I've heard it way before he said it.
0: It's a very Star Wars thing, and I was thinking about that as you were saying it in the commonality. It's a very Star Wars thing to take a very cool one-off character and then spend 10 to 15 years writing books, doing video games, doing rewrites about how that character is actually got even more cool than you think and then they just ruined the cool character that was just cool that we knew nothing about. It's a very Star Wars thing.
5: He got like, there was a comic or something where like in between, uh, or like I think between one and two, like Boba almost like kills Luke to bring him in. Mm -hmm. And that's where like a lot of people I think started to like him. And I mean, that's how I I started to like him, like just reading tons of Star Wars books and like just, just a complete disservice and, like, they got to remember the writing back then wasn't that great. Like, I know he died like a bitch, but, like, if that was written today, he wouldn't have died like that.
0: Oh, no way, dude. There's way too many spin offs. So, I
5: mean, to like, I understand if people don't care about the character, that's all you're, like, given. But, um, re- read the books. The books are better than all the movies and i've never read the book so like
2: i like i I, i'm only coming from one side Mm -hmm. and my only big thing is like from robot chicken where they're like we have to have boba fett in here because he sells figures
1: (laughs) he sells figures (laughs) and he's yeah
2: he's cool looking oh he's very cool looking he's yeah he's fucking cool looking yeah
5: He, he has that look like i like characters where you can't see their face so like him master chief they don't talk a lot like they have cool voices when it's when they do speak. So like, I was always been gravitated towards those characters, but I understand why people don't like him. So like, I, I'm not upset about his take at all. So yeah, like Paul, I agree with you. It's a fair take.
2: Yeah. Like it just, I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a take. Cause I've heard it from so many people like, but I've never read the books or anything. I never watched yeah. the show. It's just like, he's hardly in any of the movies. And when we get his big. Yeah moment to shine he's taken out before he's really i'm
4: I'm, I'm exactly right there with you paul on this whole thing yeah because i don't read any of the comics or any of that stuff when it comes to star wars i just really watch the movies and uh watch the mandalorian too that's
5: right and can i add something else just because i kind of care about this like you wrote a whole two seasons where the mandalorian never takes off his helmet and then you have boba and then he's taking off his helmet 85 percent of the time and i just think it's just you're the only one that's seen the show so yeah I, mean, be- I
0: mean the only fair counter argument that i agree because again i love the idea of the mandalorian culture is that boba is not a mandalorian boba's right boba was raised on camino and then we don't really know about a lot of what the canon teenage and early you know 20s 30s of bobas which i'm sure we'll get and a bunch of random bs probably in that like bad batch stuff and blah 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 but again the mystique of boba fett i literally and people think i'm a hater like if you could see the wall behind my monitor right now i have three posters i have the green goblin i have galactus and i have boba fett and it's old boba fett who was cool and had the mystique and like brian said i've read those novels too and i again i didn't really have a crazy personal stake in this but i do feel i really do feel bad for people that it were big boba fett people and there were some people this is like a this was if you could give them one thing to ever see it would be a boba fett movie or a yeah. boba fett tv show and this is not what I think they deserved. I am very. I advocate advocate for like you know the people that are like the top of the fandoms and stuff. I really want them all to be happy as they can be without being unrealistic. I don't think it was unrealistic for them to think if they got a Boba Fett show, it was Boba Fett being a goddamn bounty hunter?
5: Why does he care about Tatooine? He's not even from Tatooine. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Like he should hate that place. Oh
4: my god. Barely yeah.
5: in the slave one, and it, I mean it's just like. Uh, do you think the actor had something to do where he had to have his helmet off? Dude, Tamara Morrison? I, I don't know. Why? I don't like, know. Why is he like, don't you think that would have been way better with a stunt double? Like I mean, the Mandalorian is
0: basically a stunt double unless yeah. Pedro takes his mask off like once for right. like three minutes a season.
5: Right. And those fights would have been like 10 times better because he's getting his ass kicked.
0: You know how those actors cost? stunts, huh? Those actors cost so much. They could have like a really cool couple extra stunts in the seasons without like Pedro Pascal. Yeah. And I like Pedro. I'm just saying you don't really need him
5: for that role. I agree. Just yeah. He can just voice in. I mean, we can talk about this forever. I mean, no, actors, no, no, uh, no, no, no.
0: This is all a good one. All right. So I have a f- I mean, we have a these handful more. Uh, we are going to go to some of that. were in the Facebook messages. Uh, we're going to go with our dear friend, Jake Elliott, the co-host of Pop Culture Leftovers. This is I I love the beginning of this. Spider-Man 3 is the best of the OG trilogy. It's the best because of its meme slash gif relevance and is still (laughs) ongoing with the dancing Parker. It's masterfully directed with action sequences that you can 100% follow regardless of how fast they move. The sequence with him and trying not to lose the ring is brilliant. Maybe they crammed too much in with Venom, but I personally enjoyed Topher's take on it. And the church scene is more comic accurate than anything Venom we have seen since.
5: I mean... I, I half
0: have, agree. Half agree.
5: Yeah, I have. I'm, Venom's my favorite character, so, like, I just, the character I understand where it came up, but they just didn't do a good job of, be- like, Venom. Like, Topher was being Eddie Brock, I think, was fine, because yeah. he was very accurate. Yeah. The
2: brain in a church to kill Peter Parker is fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, it's fucking amazing. Jake is my divorce day. (laughs) Jake
0: Jake is the first person to take his take and also incorporate the pop culture relevance of the property, which is really true. I mean, the dancing Parker and like all the memes from Spider Man 3 are definitely, I I think they have all the memes basically as far as like the, the Raimi trilogy. Um, Overall, though, I mean, I, I don't see how you can't say Spider Man 2 is the best of the trilogy. But that being said, I think I can't completely disagree with Jake's take just because of the avenue that he went about it. Wally, what do you think on that?
4: Yeah, I mean, of the original trilogy, I mean, I'm pretty much even on the second one and uh the original one i kind of put them both in the same on the same level in terms of like people say the second one's their clear favorite i put the first one right on par because i think it was just such a good origin story for spider-man and we never really saw anything like that um especially in this day and age so at the time it was like ahead of its time um and it was the highest grossing movie of all time too it was just such a big hit so i put the first one up there just for you know pop culture relevance i feel like the first one had more of an impact on the superhero industry as a whole than the second one did um it's fair but, but the third one yeah the third one i thought the movie overall was just not good not a good way to end that trilogy at all um terrible adaptation for venom um basically that's where i stand on that but i mean i can somewhat understand what he's saying with like the gifts and everything that he was saying with the relevant you know all yeah, that yeah. relevant so <laughs>
0: cool all right, cool. I have another random one already popped up. This is another friend of ours and a special friend of Paul's. It's Paul's co-host on Apples to Oranges. This is Jesse Candeluri. And Jesse is a dear friend of mine. She was also a table 10 member. Hey. Table 10. Table we also 10. had to give Gino Cap, who gave the uh the Phantom Menace thing. Him and his girlfriend were also table 10 members. So a lot of table 10 represented here jesse it looks like actually gave us two different takes so look at that a little double dip would you guys rather me do one at a time or you want me to give both
2: drop them both okay
0: all right they're not super lengthy but it goes a little bit okay um let me make sure this is all okay that's a separate one okay unpopular opinions kevin costner and ben Affleck are both terrible actors This is great. I swear watching Kevin Costner act is like watching a cardboard cutout. It's boring, lifeless, and has zero expression except for what it's already been plastered on his face. The best things about Kevin Costner movies have nothing to do with him at all. Either the director of the writing carries him through or it's his supporting cast. Take Field of Dreams, for an example. He fulfilled his role, but is Ray Liotta and James Earl Jones that shined in that movie. Hell, the little girl from fucking now and then acted better than him. (laughs) 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 That's a good line. All right. Part two. This is still part. Take one. Part two. Now, Ben Affleck, on the other hand, is a terrible actor for completely different reasons. Let me remind you, listeners, that I'm only talking about his acting abilities. Every role I've seen him in, he's played it with an underlying egotistical bravado that makes me want to puke. Actually, it makes me want to go out of my way to avoid the movies he's in. You'd think it would have worked for Bruce Wayne, but absolutely not. Ugh. I probably shouldn't get started on his portrayal of Batman. But anyway, I can't stand the douchery that comes through Affleck. It makes me feel like he's not authentic. And now as I'm saying this, I've just realized my favorite actors are ones I'd want to be friends with in real life. Where that make me think that I could. The only time his performance worked for me in a movie was in Dogma and in Mall Rats. Both roles playing a huge douchebag with his head so far up his own ass that he can't <laughs> see shit coming to him. Woo! <laughs> only interjection I'll make is I thought Ben Affleck was great in Goodwill Hunting, but I'll, I'll leave that be for now. We'll go to the second take. Well, this is nice. This is obscure, Brian. This is a video game one for Walid here and Brian. Hmm. Now, as far as the obscure hot take on the video game world, which will only be relative to maybe two or three of your listeners. Dark Souls 2 is my favorite game and maybe the best game of the series. A sequel in name more than a direct tie to the first story, this entry is in the series took everything that was hard in the first game and turned it up to 11. Now, I'm probably a masochist gamer by nature, so this really appealed to me. The world was massive, but I think it was really the hub that edges this game over the top for me. You're greeted by the most beautiful view. It's so bright with the sun glistening on the water and all of your NPCs, for the most part, end up here, so it it really feels like home. I really loved how the stories unfolded throughout our complete analogy for dementia. It's poignant and sad. You only get to go back in time if you can figure it out. There's absolutely no hand holding. Oh, and they introduced dual wielding weapons, which is fucking badass. Not to mention the bonfire aesthetics while you redo the level and bosses. Most of the time, allowing you to get slightly different gear and upping the challenge if you needed it more. Ugh. This game. Everyone in the Souls community disagrees with me, but I don't fucking care. Oh, and the DLCs, three of them, which basically meant to a mini sequel to the main game itself. Don't get me wrong. It's totally unforgiving and brutal, but there are some clunky mechanics. If you don't figure out the right stats to level up, but the goddamn boss that follows you around the game world. Come on. Okay, I'm done. I'll take over the rest of your show. Just listening to things about this game so i'll address quickly the second one i don't know how many people have played the souls game that is a common trope that the second game of the trilogy is like by far the worst people love one and three i've played them all as well i I think souls 2 does get a bad rap um but i'd like you guys we'll start with the first one uh paul how do you feel about the ben affleck and kevin costner take
2: oh kevin costner is a piece of shit i fucking hate him so much he's a but but he
0: protects his family
2: uh fuck that guy fuck him and it's funny because Costner and Affleck are kind of in the same boat like they have shitty acting movies but some like I love Argo I don't like him in it like he plays a hispanic guy
0: yeah like, but the
2: direction was fucking great it was a good movie and Kevin Costner like Dances with Wolves isn't that bad they're kind of the same thing but Kevin like I mean prince of thieves is great because it's fucking a piece of shit like fucking fucking alan rickman saves that movie kevin costner's a dumb motherfucker in that like just give me you could have got like the guy from craft services and fucking prince of thieves to play robin hood just give me kevin like just give me alan rickman kevin costner i haven't liked anything he's in and it's funny because Field of Dreams is the first credited role of Ben Affleck. He's in fucking Fenway Park with Matt Damon sitting behind James Earl Jones. Come at me, Billy! Fuck Kevin Costner!
0: God damn it, Paul! He protects his family. He protects his land. He protects his goddamn ranch. Okay, he protects the Yellowstone. The Yellowstone. He protects Yellowstone. the goddamn Yellowstone, Paul! Shit. My, you, fuck, you watch can't watch fuck that. She haven't even seen it yet. have seen it yet. He protects that. Over
2: because Kevin Costner's in that shit. All right,
0: yeah, you were. He's, would, that, yeah, he's uh, as uh, he's
5: as charismatic. You're a family like man. A you should appreciate Kevin Costner. About,
0: oh, <laughs> oh, God forbid, Kevin Costner plays in baseball movies and he likes to protect his goddamn ranch from well, what? development.
2: For the love of game in ten cup, ooh, I can golf. Uh, fuck yeah. you, you, stupid idiot.
0: He protects his family, Paul. Waleed, how do you feel? oh? Well, how do you feel? We'll go Kevin Costner first, then we'll go to Ben Affleck. How do you feel Uh, about Kevin Costner?
4: Yeah, Kevin Costner, I've seen a handful of his movies growing up. Obviously, Dances with Wolves, um, Bodyguard, Draft Day, more recently, a few years ago. I mean, I feel like he's a good actor. I mean, I'm not really, I'm kind of indifferent when it comes to Kevin Costner. I don't hate the guy, but I'm not like a huge fan of him either. Um, He's just like
2: a mannequin you see at Macy's. Uh, yeah, he's so that, yeah,
4: I mean, nothing special about him for me, at least. Like, <laughs> that like, like, like,
2: you yeah. do a good job showing that polo shirt mannequin. <laughs>
5: sure. I'm not gonna comment on anything because I just. I'm gonna just echo uh, Paul just to piss Bill off because look at that face. <laughs> That's look what I'm. That I'm,
4: not, I'm just saying I'm indifferent when it comes to Kevin Costner. He's a goddamn cattle commissioner. He's Good. running for governor.
0: Oh, you know what, oh, listen Brian? to it. Well, spoilers for you, Paul. How about that? If you better oh, watch. You better great. never try it's to go so to the Yellowstone.
2: Watch. It's so watch And
0: guess what? You, you you're, not, you're not you're not going to be able to fly there either. You better drive. Ooh, Take care and and of that you know too, what, Brian.
2: You know what, Brian? Do you know who wasn't at table ten?
0: Bill, are you going to shame me for not being at a guest table at my own wedding? That's what your
4: argument you got.
0: Um, you, you, <laughs> all right, we're moving on. This was one no, people were no, going to be no, like no, Bill no, so wrong
4: but I wasn't well, on no, the other Yeah. I go ahead.
0: Yeah. I'll
4: cue the next hand, one. Up. Uh, with Ben Affleck. On the other hand, I have a, I have a soft spot for Ben Affleck a little bit. I love Ben I mean, Affleck. I, I do. I have a soft spot for him and I'm always rooting for him. He has, he's had a lot of downsides, um, like, you know, down moments in the industry. Um, whether he be acting or directing or whatever, but I always root for him. And it's not just because he's Matt Damon's best friend, like, you know, basically. Um, but also, he. I think he is a really good actor in certain roles. Like, for example, Pearl Harbor. Reindeer games. For example, Pearl Harbor. Not the best movie. I didn't really Dogma, like um, But I felt like he acted in the role that he was given very well in that movie. If you go back and rewatch it, you'd probably agree.
5: What if about the Jenny much- from the Block music video? How do you think he acted in <laughs> that?
4: <laughs> yeah, Jenny from
3: the
2: block.
5: <laughs> that is now taking over the line of the podcast.
0: Yeah. You hey, know man. what though?
2: Going back to dogma, Alan Rickman was the best part yeah. of dogma.
0: I'm I mean Alan Rickman's one of my favorite actors. Just like of all Prince of, time, of
2: Thieves so. with the fucking Macy's
0: mannequin. Don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still, I'm there, still Jenny from the block.
4: Hey, I don't hate on my man for going after that again. Yeah, yeah. I can't hit on him for that at all.
0: <laughs> all right. Here goes the lottery balls again, boys. This is an email submission from our friend, Mike Wesley. Mike Wesley Jr. He is the host of the Sports Entertainment Club podcast. Also a member of the Sneaky Jelly Beans. Uh, it's an inside thing. Some people will know. What is this one? Oh, this one, boy. The 100 is one of the greatest shows of all time. <laughs> oh, this is good. The show, the 100 is by far one of the best shows ever from concept to character growth and writing through multiple seasons to come up with ideas, changes and shock moments and cliffhangers. The show constantly kept its viewers on edge of their seats. And I was always guessing the show also does a great job of building its characters throughout the series and puts a large emphasis on female empowerment and leadership, which in this genre of television is always the case. The show's ability to turn the concept of sci-fi slash post apocalyptic apocalyptic and teen drama on its head every season is great to watch. The creators also did an amazing job of filling out the cast, mostly unknown young actors with well-known actors support as young cast like Paige Truco, Asaya Washington and Henry Ian Cusick, who played Desmond and Lost. Did anyone else watch the 100? Never seen
4: it. I, I, watched, I watched most of it. I did not watch the most recent season. I think it was like the last season and a half or two. I didn't watch.
0: I've watched the whole show as well. I was a big fan. I think um, it may be a little bit of a stretch to say one of the best shows of all time. I know it's definitely one of his favorites. I do think it's very underrated, and I think all the points he made are very valid.
4: Yeah, no, I can agree with him there, hundred percent. I I enjoyed it so much, especially in the first like four seasons, like um, before they, you know left earth and then got they, like,
0: they repeated you know, the cycle basically the
4: cycle basically yeah that those episodes were the best i thought and like um the acting was for the most part phenomenal by most of the actors i felt like the main character though the girl who played clark yeah I felt like she got better as the series went on but in the first couple seasons her acting was bad if you go back and her
0: that, and the main male actor they were kind of like antagonists and then they grew together what's his name bellamy the, bellamy her um, and Bellamy really did grow throughout. And I think that's yeah, a great point, you know, Mike makes. Yeah,
4: he wasn't he, he wasn't as bad as she was early on, though. Like he also got a little bit better. But his sister, the girl who plays his sister, Octavia.
5: Octavia, right.
4: yeah. He was always not only was she hot as hell, but
5: well, she killed here, it. Right.
4: But, she yeah, killed watched it. Watched
5: this show. Never I, I
4: never knew, I knew this, this. was a show
2: until right now. Oh, Paul. <laughs> so
0: the the reason that I know that what Mike definitely has gotten this backlash is because of the CW show. So it was a show that you would think is going to be teen and angsty, and it was. But again, it's because the premise is that there's only like a hundred of them left, and they left like a hundred teenager. There's like a hundred teenagers left. They were like the bad people, like left over for different reasons. And I'm not going to spoil the whole like scenario of like why the world exists like it does. But like, I didn't think I would like the show. Started watching, and I was hooked too. While well, I, I think when I watched. It's like the first three seasons were done, so I like Power for the first three, and I finished it as well. I I don't I don't love the ending as well. I don't like some of the decisions they made in the penultimate season more so than the finale season. They kind of had to deal with the decisions they made, but I didn't love some of the thing. But um, it Mike, I appreciate you bringing that up. People listening, you've never watched the one hundred, give that first season a watch. I do think you will
5: go to a second season. Yeah,
4: so I do. Appreciate I do appreciate that take though, because now I'm going to go back and like finish the last couple seasons now. After you know, it has good reviews 93 on Rotten
5: Tomatoes, 7.6 on IMDb.
0: It's a really good show, man. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Like I said, in good, the female empowerment fans. part, the yeah. main character is, is a woman, so I mean, like that, that is what it is. And a lot of yeah. the more capable characters are women in the show, yeah. So, yeah.
2: can it be streamed on
4: the C- Netflix, w- Netflix. C- Netflix? Netflix, Netflix, it's on, it's on Netflix, yeah. Netflix. Netflix. It's not, it's not, it's not, and there's some gut wrenching moments too, bro. It's a I good show. You're somewhere. not going to expect.
0: It's like Game of Thrones, ask in some ways.
4: In some ways, yeah, definitely. It gives you that. sense. I'd, I'd rather watch this than fucking Yellowstone.
0: So <laughs>
2: I'm, all- I'm <laughs> not going to
4: be mad. I mean, I'm an advocate for both. It starts as like a
0: like uh, Lord of the Flies like survivor riff, and then develops more into like the political and like civilization type stuff. So, I am going to do another random draw here, and who do we have? oh so we have brad from canada
2: oh i thought it was gonna be from kevin costner oh
0: <laughs> not yet said a good show <laughs> this is pilot season guys all right brad from canada scene invaders a retro oh, guy dear friend of ours brad we love you mm-hmm. uh here is brad's take indie comics will forever be superior to the established comic publishers i'm talking especially marvel and dc Yes, I love Thor, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Captain America. My childhood heroes, all of them. For 40 years, I've been reading about all of them. Through perils and crossovers and events that will change the blank universe forever. Now, yes, very exciting. Until you come to the conclusion, nothing will ever change full time. It's very true. Superman, Wolverine, Captain America, Professor X have all, in quotes, died in their respective titles. And while the art is beautiful and the stories fun, they have zero stakes. All the named characters have returned from or cheated death. What if Spider-Man was actually killed and never came back? Well, this is the kind of stories you get in indie comics. I'll talk image comics as they're a leading creator and owned independent titles. See creator-owned means they can freely do whatever they want and the characters in the pages and the books they write, including killing off characters if they were so desired, not making a comeback. Nope, dead is dead. This for me in later stage of life is a more compelling read for me. This freedom of creative writing without bounds to serve up your protagonist, all injury and consequence free of the next artist's right? And take on Tony Stark read invincible. Don't get too attached to anyone. Lazarus as well. The big two comic books have their talent and writers. I mean, it takes talent for me to be concerned about a character who will be written about long after I leave this world and my kids and my kids, kids. I prefer indie books. Let the writers use their talents Can com- create, compel, and if the story warrants it, kill off a hero. They won't be coming back. I got nothing to argue with that take.
2: I don't think it's a hot take.
0: I, I know. I mean, I get what he's saying. People will bow always. And like he said, it, no matter how shitty a story is, Spider-Man will be going on for 500 fucking years. So I, yeah. I do appreciate that.
2: No, like, I, to- I totally get that, but I think since Todd McFarlane left Marvel Comics to start Image Comics, like,
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: in 93, I don't, like, I-, I totally agree with what he's saying about, like, the big two, but I think for, well, like... Brad's if- old. Yeah, he fucking, yes. he's, got, he's got dust in his veins. Um,
0: for That Canadian dust, that was strong dust.
2: No, I just think, I think people, like, I think people who get into comics because of DC and Marvel, like, they're going to find their way to image and be like, oh, it's like I've gone from, like, fucking Kansas to now, like, the fucking land of Oz to where everything's color, where I get these fleshed out stories where nobody has to bow to the publisher. Like, I think... But as an avid comic book reader, I've known that for years, and I think it's awesome he found that out. But, again, it's kind of like the Boba Fett thing. It doesn't come off as a hot take to me.
5: Okay. Uh, Brian, how do you feel? I just think it's a personal preference. Mm -hmm. I know you're a big,
0: like, mainstream comic book reader, and you're kind of in my vein. Like, I appreciate both everyone knows i love long-running bs like soapy type things. so i don't mind like a storyline that just goes on kind of perpetually it's kind of funny to me and i I love all the the tropes of it but i mean you're going to tell me i don't love invincible or like the walking dead or like any other independent comic that i've found but
2: i like i hate to interrupt i named my daughter i named my daughter after an image comic book (laughs) like i named her after a saga but (laughs) If you put a gun to my head and say, What's your favorite all time comic arc? It's fucking Jason Aaron's fucking Thor.
0: Like, he gave
2: us the God Butcher. He gave us the fucking female Thor. Like, that was mainstream, but it felt different.
0: With real life stakes because of her character arc and her situation. Yeah. Uh, Waleed, you're good on that. Yeah, that's a also, fair
4: take? Yeah, I share the same basically as these guys here, you know, I don't really think it's too much of a hot take either, but um, yeah, like Brian said, also it's all, perspe- it's all just, you know, preference, personal preference on this.
0: Okay. We have uh two more email written in ones and we have an audio one here and then we'll just have a few uh, to clean up here at the end and we'll review. Uh, well, we're also going to stay on that same train. Our old friends here, Jason, Jason, fine, Brian. Uh, Imagination with Jason, that's also on the Scene Invaders YouTube channel. Uh, Jason's a dear friend of mine. I went on a impromptu first half of my honeymoon in Disney World due to a massive flight cancellations and like employment situation. And Jason was a big guardian angel on my shoulder, helped me guide around this impromptu vacation. Oh, and Paul is now wearing one of the pairs of Mickey ears that I sent his two kids from Disney world. And now they're going to Disney on ice tomorrow. So they have their first Mickey ears to wear to a Disney event. And I know Jason will love hearing that Mm -hmm. Jason, if anything is always prepared. So Jason has a couple of nice paragraphs here for us. And I'm with it. I've literally bet my mortgage that it's about Disney. No. (laughs) Here we go. A hill that I die on, of course, has to do with Disney. Of
1: course.
0: <laughs> so just so everyone knows what I do is I like black. I, I put all these on like a Word document that were written. And I black them out until I read them. So I really don't know like what these people have said. A hill that I die on, of course, has to do with Disney. I believe that there's always will be at least a little magic at the Walt Disney Company. As the years pass, it seems like Disney is becoming more and more like every other corporation in America, especially with the current CEO, Bob Chapek who's and this is me saying this is a huge piece of shit. <laughs> focus seems to be more on increasing revenue and less on their actual customers. Disney Plus already raised its costs. The ticket prices for Disney Parks, especially for Disney World have skyrocketed over the last decade, making it less possible for large middle-class families to go. They also recently removed a free fast pass option at Disney World and replaced it with a paid option. I could keep going on about all this, but that's not the point. All of the changes are at the corporate level. My argument is that there will always be magic amongst the lower level individual employees. Okay. I like this. The way I see it, people will always wanting to work for the Disney is similar to foreigners wanting to come to become American citizens. People come here for better opportunities and a better life. It doesn't matter who's present at the time or who's in power. It's about what this culture represents. Similarly, even though there've been many unpopular changes at Disney that doesn't detract from what the Disney brand represents, creating magic, believing in your dreams and spreading happiness across the world. That's why Disney has stayed so popular for all these years. Not only do customers support Disney to participate in that magic, but people want to work for Disney to help produce that magic. So this is part two. I can think of two different kinds of Disney employee who really bring the magic to the guests. It's first is service-based, the cast members at the park and crew members on the Disney cruises. There are many different roles at the parks but each cast member has many opportunities to give guests some unforgettable experiences whether by going out of the way it in some specific situation or simply by smiling chatting and being friendly similar to the parks there are many roles aboard the ships but i think the ones who bring the most magic are the servers at the meals since guests at times serve at night the servers have the opportunity to bond with the guests and really make them feel at home second hand employees creation based the imagineers and the people behind the movies. The job of an Imagineer is basically to create the things that will give the guests a unique, unforgettable experience. They keep the spirit of innovation alive that was born in the early days of the Walt Disney Company. Although the general public rarely thinks about the creativity, and inspiration behind what they see at the parks and in other instances, the work of Imagineers is at the heart of the Disney magic. Finally, movies have been part of the Disney since basically the beginning. While each new Disney movie that comes out isn't always perfect across the board, there's always some aspect that stands out, whether it's a story, visuals, music, etc. Disney movies are known for having depth, humor, inspiration, and beauty, and that has stayed consistent since the very first film. In conclusion, Walt Disney Company can never truly lose its magic, so long as its guests and employees still believe in it. So I can comment at least in my experience to the part where you talked about the guests at the Disney parks. I don't know anyone listening. Your varying levels. How often you get to go to Disney world. I know it is not cheap. Your proximity. A lot of that has to do with near your, your availability to go to these kind of parks, Disneyland or Disney world. But I've been to a lot of theme parks in my life and I hadn't been to Disney since I was a kid. Those people, every single person, whether they actually meant it or not, I didn't get a single impression that any of them hated their jobs i felt like they were all really happy to be there no matter what they were doing whether it's a you think it's a menial thing like you know cleaning up the park or being a cashier or customer service and And i watched a plenty and i'm sorry to say the term plenty of karen's like yelling at a lot of these these cast members and these people just like just took it all in stride they were so great and I think a lot of the thing that Jason is even bringing this up is that a lot of Disney diehards right now do feel like they're not being, you know, t- they're being taken for granted. They've they've supported this brand for you know x amount of years. Whether they're young, old, this the multiple trips year. I have family members that do two vacations a year in Disney World, and they spend tens of thousands of dollars in the decades to support this company that. Seems to do a lot of cost cutting things, so I do appreciate Jason's sentiment about the cast members and do agree. But I do think Chapek and the corporation of Disney, they they're not even seeing the forest through the trees anymore, I, and I think that that trickles down to a lot of the properties that they own. Um, Paul, what do you think about that take?
2: I mean, I took a job promotion just to take my kids to Disney. Like, it still got that lure <laughs> to it. Like,
0: congrats about that.
2: For- it's the place where dreams can happen. And we have an acquaintance in the leftover army, Adam Cornette, who's like Adam's him. a great dude. He's fantastic. Fucking Brian's going to love this. He was my secret Santa. He sent me a Ted Lasso shirt. Like the guy's fucking oh, wow. amazing. Amazing. But like Adam. Adam is he's, you know, like he's got a special situation. did yeah. helped he help out? And he's fucking the college is,
0: program and all it's sick
2: he is so happy being he like, he's working in the star Wars uh, part. Like so cool. He's living his best life and I couldn't be happier for the guy. And I think I, like again, I hate to be this guy. Like what he's saying, I totally agree. And to me, it's just not a hot take. Like corporate uh- greed sucks. Like, but it's the people working at the base level that are making the magic happen. And the same as with the animators and the storytellers in Disney movies.
0: You got to remember that uh, Jason is one of these plugged into the like hardcore Disney community and especially the the park visitors and like these Disney pass holders, the annual pass holders they've just watched over the last, like, and even since I've been like active, like looking into the stuff over like the three to like three, five years, especially, but even over the past decade, I've watched a lot of like what they pay for just like what they get for their money, be stripped stripped away, stripped away, stripped away, stripped away. And like, like you said there is a lot of stuff if you look into the history of Disney from like in like the eighties to like or the seventies, even through like the early nineties, they barely made any changes. Like it was only when they started to see competition, and other things happened that they started like this massive growth in like the late nineties and have continued it onward. But like if you look at their timeline, they were they they're a company that like tends to rest on their laurels and on their brand. And like, listen, you got people like Jason, and Jason is not a dime a dozen. Jason is a is more of like the norm of disney fans and like i, I consider myself as far as the parks to be a, a newer fan but um the movies are always going to be there i don't think anyone like you said you're going to disney on ice tomorrow like
2: yeah yeah because it's a, i mean it's it's got the magic like i'm not knocking his take but it's just mm-hmm. like yeah it's just i mean even look at this shit what they're doing with like the Hawkeye series where like the people that help create these storylines aren't even getting any credit. It's just all part of the machine. Like it's, it's just corporate greed at its best.
0: Hey, uh, Brian, do you want us, do you want to ground us a little bit with your, your take on Disney?
5: I mean, I, I like they're definitely the, the corporate part is definitely greed. Like look at them, like taking an ESPN and you can't even go on that app without they're pushing like MMA now. And that's Disney technically, So, but I mean, the park part—I haven't been to the park in 20 years. But when I was there last, like, like Bill, you said, like everyone loves their job. Like, like, Gaston's doing push-ups on the ground. Like, what worker at any other place is going to play a role of a character that they're probably not getting paid? Like, compared to like a lot of stuff, like they like what they're doing.
2: Brian, the gym teacher at my school, doesn't even do push-ups. Yeah, okay, and he's the fucking gym teacher. Yeah.
5: so like that's one thing i'll never forget is gaston doing push-ups like when i was 11 oh my god before. it's so funny oh, just like it's great yeah.
0: <laughs> um okay so we have jason i think that was a good one uh we have a few more left here guys so we have a random i pulled it up my buddy kevin Farr. it's uh king kevin we like to call him he uh he has a he streams he also has a tiktok pages the bro bros and they had a tiktok a few like weeks back, or like about at this point, probably like a month or so back, had like literally like over a million views. It was like some random like clip that they did, and it was awesome. It's a couple of buddies of mine, and they contribute to this TikTok page. And they definitely have like over 10,000 followers already. So you guys should go check out the da, DA Bro Bros. B R O B R O S. They're our boys. Uh looks like two very short takes. Uh, first one Game of Thrones. Jon Snow never wanted to be king, Sansa. Only one of the North, Arya, was her own person. Bran was the three-eyed raven and could literally see everything happening at the moment in the past. The ability and his only purpose in Westeros is to serve the realm of protect knowledge. People just be hating. So he's basically defending Game of Thrones and how everything went. Uh, his second take is about Star Trek Star Trek was about the adventure the characters were relatable in their own ways Star Wars is a movie about politics more than anything and is super repetitive how many death stars do you need to make plus Anakin is a whiny bitch which made me want to hit my TV but back then it was fat and I would have broken my hands so that was his take about Star Trek being better than Star Wars does anyone have any opinions on either of those takes against or for Uh, Walid, how do you feel
4: yeah, I never got into Star Trek. I mean, growing up, I mean, Star Wars just because it was the name and you know, got I got into that like in my late teenage years, um, and that's when I get, became kind of like a star, minor Star Wars fan. But Star Trek, I never really got into, so I can't really relate to that. Um, you know how he feels about that entirely. But um, as far as the other one though, uh, Game of Thrones, uh, honestly, I'm not going to defend the ending. I hated the way it ended. I invested so many years of my life watching that show um literally since they aired the first season i was a fan of that show there were some people who didn't get into it till like season three or four i literally kept up with it from the first season so the way it ended hurt me a lot i was like that's not how i wanted it to end but a lot of my favorite shows of all time also had terrible endings like that i wasn't really too fond of like entourage one of my favorite shows ever yep didn't have a good ending at all sopranos eh, the ending's kind of questionable didn't really enjoy that ending either so, I'm okay with bad endings, but I still feel like Game of Thrones is one of the greatest shows ever made, even with that ending
1: mm-hmm.
4: I don't just because of you know the hype that surrounded it the I mean the cultural phenomenon that it turned into um so it still holds a special place for me um so I can kind of understand there a little bit, but I still don't like the ending. I wish they would have wouldn't have rushed it so bad
0: Bri, uh any takes on either of the two takes there
4: um I didn't get into Game of Thrones
5: until the last season so to me they just ran out of source material and that's why the final season sucked um and the other one was star trek star wars um star trek i would get into but i just never when i was a kid like i was star wars to me was more accessible as a younger kid exactly wait wait so mm
0: -hmm. segue alert segue alert segue alert so i have reached out to rebecca so rebecca dealing she hosts the Card cast and i actually prefaced this to her that like my father was a big star wars fan when i was a kid i, I mean star trek excuse me and yeah. i would love to get into star trek but i feel like for myself and for a lot of people it doesn't seem accessible so we have talked about possibly doing a discussion and she said she would be down to do it in the future to kind of make something almost like a um almost like a star Trek for idiots. Like what's like the best way to approach star Trek. And if you have to get into something that will want you to watch more star Trek, what would you do? And, uh, Paul's waving like a good teacher would.
2: Yeah, no, I, I only had access to star Trek. My dad was a huge fan of one episode. And we watched every Christmas up until he passed away. And oh, wow. it was a, it was a cheesy episode I guess made fun of the Futurama, but then, I never watched the original series except that episode The Next Generation, but I ended up watching the like three of the movies: uh The Wrath of Khan, The Search for Spock, and fucking uh The One with the Whales. I forget what the name is. And oh shit, oh, oh.
0: what is it? The that?
2: Voyage Home. The Voyage Home. Um they're fucking, I think, honestly, I do think Star Trek has a more like timeless message than star wars because if you look back at star trek they were doing like they were incorporating like diversity way before anybody else was like way back in the 60s like holy shit dude they were like they were like fucking 10 steps ahead of the curve when it comes to that kind of stuff so i i agree with that hot take i do i do enjoy star trek Star Trek's message more than Star Wars but as an action fan fucking Star Wars has that shit
0: I think all of us here on this podcast are like at least the guys of us that are like less experienced are at the right age maybe to like approach Star Trek now too I think we'd be a little bit more open to it than maybe when we were younger and like kind of how you get conditioned to certain you know space sci-fi series Uh, we only have a few more left here guys I think it's only literally like two more we have here So we'll get the last few and we will close out. Um, We had a quick one from Brian, obviously, Brian from PCL. His was quick and short, the sweet. He said that Back to the Future is the perfect movie, literally never redo. He wasn't taking this too much as like a hot take, but just basically like the one take he's literally willing to fight to the death on that Back to the Future is a perfect movie and it should never be remade. I don't think anyone here is going to fight with that
2: no no i named my son after Emmett, like fucking dr emmett mcbrown like like emmett brown Fucking exactly yeah exactly you don't you don't touch that shit like it's timeless you can watch that any part of your life and still like just the thought of going back in time to see your parents as your age is fucking
0: awesome i um anyone have anyone to add before i get to the next one no i agree i think that's a pretty easy one to agree to all right so i want to give you guys a taste this is from vise uh full name vise the bold our buddy that will be the guest on the state of gaming so this will give you a nice taste of kind of who he is actually just from reading the first few sentences bill i started this essay trying to defend the matrix sequels i wrote about how the first movie is basically perfect a difficult standard to follow You have an effective surprise twist that the film holds on until the middle. It shifts the genre from a thriller to a sci-fi action film. It is tightly written dot, 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 fuck. I really wanted to go down that rabbit hole and convince myself that the OG was king and the sequels were just shadows. However, upon thinking and drinking, and he put in parentheses, Carpano, Antica, Vermouth, straight, if you need to know, I realized my true passion is and always been with the Sega Genesis. It was the punk rock of consoles. It dared to take on the behemoth of Nintendo and did so with the likes of Michael Jackson, Spider-Man, and edgy marketing that made your parents' skin crawl. But these days, we look at what has aged better. Nintendo has three of the best and most influential games of all time directly to their name with Super Mario World, The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, and Super Metroid. No help or collaboration needed. Just willed them into being, in parentheses, on the backs of several sequels in between. Sega was just so pure id, though. Less corporate, less refined. Every time I hear about the sound capabilities of the Genesis being inferior to the Super Nintendo, I think how dumb of an argument that is. How could a saxophone be better than a violin? Impossible. They fill different roles, have different qualities, and have unique character on their own. I could even take a cheap shot and say how low-quality the sample of Super Nintendos, while breathtaking at the time, Simply have an age well and given their poorly emulate the genuine sound of analog instruments rather than look for a sound of their own. I'm not going to go down that route. The Genesis had Sonic the Hedgehog and Parallax scrolling. The Green Hill Zone blew my mind when I was a kid with the black and dead backgrounds of Donkey Kong as contrasted in my brain at the time. Hearing the thundering bassits of Robotnik's boss theme thundering as we saw a seemingly 3D wrecking ball swing at my cooler then Cool wrote it on screen with something I'll never forget. Streets of Rage 2 had the beats and the shot sparks throughout my brain that inspired my love for electronic music that I still have today. I dream of belt scrolling, the punks raving, and the sci-fi monsters creeping. I can play that game still any day of the week. Truth is that with as much as Nintendo systems, the big N's own games only severely outshine their third-party partners with exceptions of Going to Square, Capcom, and Konami. I always felt like Sega embraced the weird with Compile, Sage's creation, Technosoft, Wolf Team, and so many offbeat studios. Not a day goes by where I don't want to make an arcade hint, shump, or a fantastic beat-em-up off the shelf and play an hour or two and love the shit out of it. Also, smash an add-on into that engine and make her more awesome than before. That's right. Our Mega Drive was Voltron with the Sega CD and the 32X, and we fucking love it. So as you may have guessed, my hill to die on is that the Genesis is indeed better than the Super Nintendo, especially in retrospect. While the Super Nintendo had its classics for sure, the Genesis is what I want to play with a glass of booze in my hand, my girl by my side, and the speakers blaring. Love vies the bold. I mean... What a goddamn fucking essay, first of all. That was an awesome take. I mean, by far, probably the most I've like, written out and like a little bit of sarcasm and wit in there. Um, I, am, I was a Genesis kid. I didn't have a Super Nintendo when I was a kid. I got one later in life, just like I didn't have a, an N64 when I was a kid either. I had a PlayStation. So a lot of Nintendo stuff came to me later in life. I was very much the same again. Andrew literally lived across the street from me. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things. I was very similar. Uh, I want to start with Brian on this. That's one of my, I know how much you have an affinity for some Nintendo games, but what is your take on that take? Is the Genesis better than the Super Nintendo?
5: I mean, I didn't own a Genesis. I had a Super Nintendo, so obviously I'm going to side with okay. Super Nintendo. Um, I mean, I had a friend that had a, a Sega Genesis, and obviously we went over to so house. we played that but when the n64 came out we both converted there so i don't really i i kind of think nintendo in my life won the battle between my friends so but there are great games there like i'm not going to argue but as a kid i didn't care about the soundtrack i cared about the games so that never really resonated with me but like as i play games back i mean i think the sound on any of those games are better than today like you actually made soundtracks for games Mm -hmm. and either one you're going to find better stuff than today stupid like fortnite s games or it's just nonsense
0: yeah we're going to talk about that next week paul what do you feel were you a super nintendo guy or a genesis guy
2: i was a super nintendo guy and i think it it, it reminded me a lot of uh, that amazing documentary on netflix called high score to really get yep the... great but like the whole thing was sega genesis and nintendo it's kind of like wwf versus wcw <laughs> like Right. wcw lost like no one really remembers them fondly like yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, the vince I mean, russo yeah yeah but like they put up a good run and then they they fucking lost and nintendo is here to stay like it's just so the victor goes to spoils and nintendo's got it but god damn it if i wasn't always playing super nintendo at any chance i could fucking get like fucking a
0: of course Uh, so Waleed, our other fellow gamer, how do you feel about Vise's take?
4: Um, yeah, I'm not with him on this one. I I grew up with, I grew up with Nintendo and Super Nintendo. They were my first two consoles that I ever owned when I was in my childhood. Um, and you know, whenever I was over like a cousin's house that had a Sega Genesis or anything, of course I'd play and I'd play, I would get introduced to Sonic and all those games and they were great games. Don't get me wrong, but, um, for me, the all the nostalgia is with Super Nintendo. It's not necessarily because of the big Nintendo franchises like Mario, which I played the sh- I played the shit out of, and Donkey Kong and um, Legend of Zelda, which my sister loved. You know, the Link to the mm-hmm. Past, she loved that game. Um, so yeah, we have all of our memories on the Super Nintendo. But for me, the one game that kept me hooked on the system and why I never went to Sega because Sega never had this game was Mega Man and my biggest childhood game growing up. Okay, that's fair. Especially from mm-hmm. a platforming standpoint, was the Mega Man franchise. I, I played the shit out of every Mega Man game since the first one, and then I went into the Mega Man X series, and I played the shit out of those. They and then after the Super Nintendo, I went over to the PlayStation One, um, and that's yes, so that's really how I went um, my gaming trajectory, I guess. Growing up, your
0: your family tree of gaming. Now I, I know, and I know that Viz is a big fan of this game too. One of his favorite games. There's a game called Rocket Knight Adventures. It was on the Genesis. And I d- believe it was actually all, it may have had a, a Super Nintendo version. I'm not sure. And then we'll talk about him on the next episode about that. Yeah. But um, that, there's just, just these games. Like, I just, it was like the third party of the fighting games. Even I remember the 32X and having Virtua Fighter. And then Sega had these goofy games because they would never see on a Nintendo thing. Like, I remember my dad having a Caesar Pal- Caesar's Palace gambling game. <laughs> where like your guy walked around the casino and could play like roulette and craps or slots and things and like it's just like the cool like you said the edgy factor of Sega which I really appreciate
4: there was a game like that on Super Nintendo 2 called Vegas Stakes actually which you know wasn't kind of like I remember game. that game you do remember that game yes yeah. Vegas Stakes. yeah that game I didn't
5: have it but I remember I've seen it like when I'd yeah. flick through like bins yeah, and get
4: old games, there, so yeah. But basically, the way I went with my consoles is just however the Mega Man franchise went. I remember because I was looking, I was waiting to play Mega Man X four, and then I was like, oh, it's on PlayStation. I got to go to PlayStation now. Like it's like so. I was like, I love I PlayStation.
0: Even like the Mega Man, like the three D versions too, like the Legends and stuff. Oh, Legends I love Legends,
4: dude. Legends Audrey, one and two and I three never came out. I've been clamoring for a Legends three. For never, Legends, never gonna happen, bro. No, I know, yeah. It yeah, but I love Legends 1 and 2. They were such games. I would like those at least remade to, with like updated graphics. If that
0: yeah, 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 we have uh, one more, guys. One last hot take, and then we will close out here. It is from one of our mutual friends again, Joe Stark, uh, host of the Starcast. Paul, you know, I was not going to end the episode without the Joe Stark take. This one has gone along, actually, with uh, Brad from Canada's from earlier. Invincible is the best superhero comic series ever written. Taken as a complete series, Invincible, the image comic book created by Robert Kirkman and Cory Walker is the best superhero comic ever written. The series follows Mark Grayson, the superhero known as Invincible, as he struggles with the burden of superpowers. The world created in the series is lush with characters and history. Throughout the run, we see Ryan Otley take on over as the artist Kirkman continues to examine, deconstruct, and flip many of the common superhero tropes we see in the books written by the two, big two, Marvel and DC invincible rap for 144 issues and everybody that is not into superhero comics should consider this an essential read the artwork is fantastic the story is moving in my opinion every story arc is entertaining not a dud to be found in the whole bunch um i know paul's a huge fan of the the print run i'm only probably i'd say maybe like a quarter through the print run i have them like all loaded up on my ipad and i'm going to finish them probably in the next few weeks because it's, it's been on my like Kick down the can list but now that we're back here recording i want to give my full thoughts on it but so far i can see myself agreeing with that paul i know you've gone through his houses take from our friend joe
2: yeah no i've read yeah i i remember i started on his suggestion uh i started it and I couldn't put it down until I got through all 144 issues. And there was never like a lull where I'm like, oh when's this gonna kick back up? Like a fucking it grabs Don't. you by the fucking throat and just it doesn't let go. Like like that's some premium fucking money you're spending to get choked. Um, but yeah, no, it's a fucking, it's a great series. The the TV adaptation is fucking fantastic, but yeah, I can't think of a better you know we're so used to just these superheroes being as good as we see them as and this show just like this series just flips it on its head as to how these people deal with their day-to-day life and i couldn't agree more with
0: joe uh or brian have either of you outside of the tv show have either of you read the comic at all
5: nope no
0: uh brian i know you've read a bunch of comics i would highly recommend that you can find it on like uh the books app and like things like that on the ipads and you can definitely get on like google play and android and stuff like that very cheap i'll dm you on the side what is like the best way they break them down in like volumes and also like compendiums but there's actually a, definitely a more cost-effective way to do oh, so
2: yeah i did that way
0: yeah I'll, I'll go that over way. that with you off air uh Joe, we loved it. I was on the StarCast recently. Everyone should check out the StarCast. Um, everyone should check out everyone that we talked about here. That was the last one we have. I think I may have like one more audio submission, but I'll just save it for a future episode. We'll make it a little side segment here and there. So people, if you have more and you like what you heard, you can submit them to me. I will put in the description of the episodes, and you can find me on Facebook, Billy Blinks, Twitter, Billy Blinks, Instagram, Billy Blinks. You can find me. Find Brian, Waleed, Paul, and everything. Um, I had a blast. I just want to thank the three of you. Um, we went on a long time, obviously longer than we expected, but I think it was the natural conversation. Uh, I love all three of you and I'm just, I love that I got to share
5: this first episode with you guys. Same to you. Thank you for having us.
2: Yeah. Thank you, man. You're like foreigner dude. It feels like the first time. <laughs> feels like the first time.
4: Yeah, I mean I share the, I share the same sentiments as these guys. I mean, yeah, this was a blast. Hopefully, hope to do stuff like this more in the future, so.
0: Well, we already know uh while we got you on the next one, hopefully Brian and we're going to get by scheduled. That should be episode 2, and then episode 3 guys will be The Batman. Uh all of us will have seen it at least once. I'll probably have seen it multiple times by then. So we will give you everything and anything, and we'll have some of the best Batman fans. We'll probably even add a few more people on so we can have a big party and have a blast with that. Um, But for myself, Brian, Waleed, Paul, thank you for listening. Love you all.